lots of land and the starry skies above. Discovery Design Studios. It's Radio Free Almond. Happy Tuesday to all of you coming up. We've got Gina Villani coming in, 7 o'clock. Doug Giles is going to be in at 8.30. Doug's got some new things happening, including he's got his... Uh, tell me about this, though. He's got his wild man card. It's like made of... Made of, made, made of steel. It's uh, pretty cool. He's always got something going on, that Doug, and so uh, we're going to have him on at just about 8.30. And, of course, craziness abounds throughout the country. People are being way, way, way overly sensitive about pretty much everything. And big thing came out yesterday. We'll talk a little bit more about this later on. But are you guys aware of this uh, comedian, David Cross, and he's from Arrested Development. I, I, I don't really know a lot about him. His face looks familiar. And he's, is it Arrested Development? Something like that. His face looks familiar. And, he, and he's a funny guy. He's a comedian. He's a comedian, people. And so he decides that uh, in order to kind of promote his show at the University of Utah, and there's a tweet where he's wearing these undergarments. It looks kind of like, you know, it's just like a shirt and shorts. These are undergarments that are generally worn, uh, they're considered sacred by the uh, Mormon faith. And 
It's <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny when I wa- I look at it. You know, listen, I'm Catholic, so you know, I've I've seen my share of uh, of Sister Act and all that other stuff. Come on, people. I I I, I la- I've had to laugh at Whoopi Goldberg as a nun and jokes about the Catholic Church and all that stuff. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, and, and so we see it all the time. In fact, I saw a movie, uh, a show called The Book of Mormon. It was a it was a theater show that was very rev- reverential and and was very, you know, funny. I thought it was good. At first, I thought it was going to be kind of disparaging towards the Mormon church. And unless you just don't want anything about the Mormon church represented in any way, entertainingly then yeah you're you're not going to like it but if you've got a sense of humor i mean how many times do uh people well not as much anymore maybe but how many times do people of the of the jewish faith uh laugh at themselves and about you know crazy rabbis and i mean you know, it happens all the time the only thing apparently you can't laugh about are, are Muslims. You can't. Not, not, there, there shall be nothing related to Muslims that you laugh about. So, you know, anything related to the Muslims, they have, they've got no sense of humor, man. I'll tell you that. Not, not they as a group, but you know, the people who are kind of uh, the overseers, the, the police of the world, the, the, the people, the media, and others who are who are insisting we say nothing, jokingly or anything else about the about the Muslims. But anyway, uh, David is uh, on Twitter, and it's like, hey, Salt Lake City, see you on Wednesday night at Kingsbury Hall at the University of Utah. And, of course, he's dressed in this undergarment, these, this white two-piece cotton undergarment, considered similar to holy vestments in other faiths. Like a Catholic nun's habit or a Muslim skullcap, as they call them. You mean like you mean like a Jewish yarmulke? Uh, uh, anyway, the university has many Mormon students because it is the University of Utah, right? And the performance really isn't sponsored by the university, but everybody's going ape over the thing. Everybody's going crazy over this tweet. And people want the show canceled, and he's had to go on and talk about it, and, 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 and they're all going crazy. So all the stories you're seeing now are, hey, we're not going to uh, cancel the show. I'm like, good. I'm so glad. And these Mormon students kind of surprised me. It's like you'd think they of all people would be, would, would think that there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, a jokey joke to be had about this. I've actually never seen that. I never knew that those were the deal, but maybe, maybe some of you there. And yeah, like Margaret says and others, it's like, you know, that's like, that's like us getting freaked out over sister act, like anything remotely. And even though sister act did, didn't really make fun of nuns, it made kind of fun of the situation and kind of light of the, 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 the nuns and, I got to figure this out, this table out somewhere. This isn't working for me with this. I don't know whether we just have the the, uh, table back farther these days or something. Can you come in here and help me move this table, buddy? Because I'm standing halfway on the carpet. It's driving me crazy. 
Not anything you did. It's just, you know. Just one little smidgen. You want to go forward just a little yeah, bit? Yeah, just a little forward. All right. Yeah, it's good. No, it was just, right. You can adjust the camera. Yeah, I, I I don't know whether I don't know what it was, but I was halfway on the carpet and halfway off, and there's not a chance I could stand that way for three hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that. No, it's not your fault. Just you know, set up a You know, you bust your ass to set this thing up all the every morning, and I come in here. It's like I can't stand on the carpet. It's like, well, no, it's halfway on the. It's, it's a thing. It's just a thing. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be picky. I just, you know. I have, I've got my cocktail, got my coffee, I've got my energy drink, and my little glass of uh, gin here going for me in the morning. I always take a little bit of a spot of gin. Mm, just like the big guys, you know. They have Frank Sinatra and those guys used to do that all the time, so figured I would too. So anyway, that's the, that's the lot we're in, folks, is people going nuts over little things. Are we still okay? What am I doing? Yeah, what did they do? So it looked like the Okay. That's what I know. It's, I just, uh, I'm the one who caused all the, all the problems. Oh, flag's going to fall. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky. I'm so glad you guys uh, noticed that kind of stuff because it's, it's important. It's, it's important stuff. I'm glad you guys uh, are on top of things. Yeah. Alman is just antsy. This no, it's not that. It wasn't about the camera scooter. You're, 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 the, you're catching in just a little. You, you missed on that one. I just uh, couldn't. Uh, Stand on the. I was standing halfway on the carpeting and halfway off the carpeting, and so I needed to, to uh, change. But thanks for playing, Scooter. Appreciate you very much. Good morning. This morning we are live from the Discovery Design Studio, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Don't forget too. You're seeing the Santino cigars and cocktail sign in the back there, and that is where we are planning a happy hour for the 27th of September. It's temporary right now we're just trying to make sure everything's okay and mike is getting the radio free almond cigars ready to rock and roll so that's going to be a fun thing too and also a story to tell you about uh, last night going into newtown to see my friends tammy and mike scott over there at rhythm and i haven't been to newtown in a while but newtown really is growing it's beautiful and it is a i remember going there a long long time ago when i was uh hanging out with greg whitaker and the whitaker team out there and that was when it was first starting it was kind of modeled after i don't know whether you guys have been to seaside florida or not but it's kind of modeled after that town but it's beautiful and it's calm it's it just seems like it's not it's right out of the rat race but I'll tell you more about this company, uh, Tammy and, uh, and and Mike have, and this is called Rhythm, and it's a music and performing arts studio. It was so cool. I mean, they're teaching violin, piano, guitar, dance. They've got programs for special needs people. I mean, it just is amazing what they do, and it's great. Check it out, uh, Rhythm. RhythmMusicStudio.com is the website, so I really appreciate them a lot. And a little later on, they might become uh, sponsors of the show as we as we move on in. So uh, thank you to uh, Tammy and Mike Scott. You guys are great. They've been longtime friends of the show and longtime friends of mine. So we've got uh, that going for us. So again, uh, Gia is going to be coming in. And then we have, uh, speaking of tweets, I also I tweeted out about that yesterday, about the David Cross controversy. And then I also tweeted out, 
about the situation regarding Ocasio-Cortez, who is being told to apologize for banning the press from an event she had for her voters from just recent events. She says she says her voters or supporters need a sanctuary space away from the media. And I guess you could call it Snowflakeville and and criticize her for that. But I'm on Ocasio-Cortez's side on this. I I actually think the media, they're annoying and they don't have to be everywhere. And if Ocasio-Cortez wants to have a town hall meeting or a, a group meeting with her voters, what's everybody bitching about? Oh, that's right. It's the news media, the new royalty in this country that believes that they ha- are entitled to everything and that anything that restricts them in any way, shape or form in terms of their entitlement becomes a major scandal and becomes a major hit on the First Amendment or whatever. And I tweeted out to these people. I'm like, you know, there was a time during the 2016 election that Jeb Bush came into town. I'll never forget it because it was a tale of two campaigns. I remember this. And it was a weekend or a week where both Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz were in town. And Jeb Bush is, of course, running for president. Ted Cruz running for president. And Ted Cruz didn't have a a gigantic event, but he did have an event at the Frontenac Hilton there, which was great. And then he did have uh, sat down with me for a half hour interview for the Almond Report show. And Ted Cruz made himself very accessible and was just as usual, a, a great guy. I, of course, I was a supporter of President Trump. Uh, but I was also being fair, you, as I usually am with these candidates and having everybody uh, have access. But I was more gravitating towards Trump at the time. But I gave Ted Cruz a half hour of airtime on the Almond Report, and I liked interviewing him. I think he's a smart guy and was glad he was accessible, and it was, it was pretty cool. So that's Ted Cruz, who was very open, very accessible, had an event for his supporters, and then probably collected a few checks here and there. He probably had a a private fundraiser someplace, and then he was off. Jeb Bush, on the other hand, parachuted into town, went out to Hunter Farms, where these guys usually go. Wasn't one press available there. There wasn't one camera there. There wasn't one reporter there. And Jeb Bush flew into town, collected a check, and flew out of town. It never saw him, never had a campaign event, never nothing. Of course, that's Jeb Bush's prerogative, but it was pretty typical of his uh, his slow and dispassionate campaign that he ran that he ultimately paid for because I think he was he thought that this was his on a silver platter and it wasn't. But Jeb Bush didn't have any press event or I mean, he had plenty of people there at Hunter Farms, a lot of people with checks and everything else. And he was there and he had a bunch of a bunch of people, but no press and nobody bitched about that. 
the, the press didn't complain about not being there because, you know, the press didn't wouldn't have bothered anyway because the press doesn't really cover Republicans when they come into town. They don't they don't they don't care at all. I mean, Hillary Clinton comes to town and it's like the Queen of Sheba marching in here. But they didn't care anyway. But still, to my point, it was a tale of two campaigns. It was typical of the anemic campaign of Bush and the I don't care what real voters are talking about. And it was typical of the Republican Party, which really didn't care about people and certainly didn't care about you. And typical of the never Trumpers who actually just kind of hated you and still do. Uh, Kurt Schlichter has a brand new article out. It's a really good one. And he's got a new book coming out. I'm going to get him on the air possibly sometime later this week. He's a, he's one of the stars, in my opinion, of the common sense conservative movement. I tweeted out about his latest article where he talked about the never Trumpers and how really who they hate is you. And also his latest one about the elites and how maybe it's time that we actually looked through this whole clearance issue and made it typical of us to say, you know what, Brennan, and let's find some other people who don't deserve these clearances. Because apparently in Washington, the elites, Democrat and Republican, all operate within each other. And to have a security clearance is just a little bell and whistle, just a little feather in your cap. It's not like what Talent is doing or, it's, or what Kissinger is doing, where they're, they're actually serving the government in some capacity. Maybe even for that matter, Susan Rice. I don't know. But these these bureaucrat pencil pushing elites like John Brennan and the others, they all take these security clearances and act as if these are entitlements of theirs. And it ups their speaking fees and makes them more palatable as analysts and they make money off it and they believe they're entitled to it. And Kurt points out this is not unlike the. Typical Washington, where these people just believe they're a different form of royalty and that you can just pound sand. Jeb Bush thought that way when he flew into town, didn't see anybody, no press event, collected a check and got the hell out of here. And now he's in the trash heap of presidential history where he belongs. So anyway, back to Ocasio-Cortez. So I tweeted out, I said, I have... I don't agree with a, a, a word that comes out of Ocasio-Cortez's mouth, but I stand by her on this one. There's no reason why she's obligated or that the press is owed an appearance at one of her events where she's talking to her people. And she's tweeted out herself. She says, catching up on how this became a thing while I was gone, biggest critique is it shouldn't have been, should have been labeled private even though we'd said prior it was close to the press. She can label it anything she wants to, news media. She can, she can label it circus flora if she wants to. And you know what? You can kiss off. It's none of your beeswax. Yeah, but she's running for Congress. True. But if she wants to have a meeting with her supporters and she doesn't want you there, that's Okay. It's not about your First Amendment rights or about your need to talk. If she wants to talk privately and openly with her supporters and her supporters don't want some camera there taking their words out of context or whatever, and they just want to talk to the person who they support, that's perfectly okay in this world. It's perfectly all right. I mean, at least she didn't have a bunch of goons standing around her 
little confab waiting to throw eggs at them or pound on them or hit them in the head with a bike lock the way Antifa does with conservative gatherings. So that that's a development. That, that should be something she appreciates. But she wants a campaign event and, and, uh, that's a sanctuary space, as she calls it. And I get it. The language, people are mocking her for that and saying, oh, yeah, a sanctuary space, bunch of snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm saying I support her on this. And I think it's about time people just left these people alone. It's happened. Republicans and Democrats, they swoop into town. You never see these guys half the time. They don't have events. And if it is a campaign event, have a campaign event and just say, nope, you're not allowed in here. Just shut the door. Nothing wrong with doing that. Ocasio-Cortez. And you know what? Jeb Bush didn't have an obligation to to have people uh, in his operation. And he didn't. And he paid for it. That was his problem. And if Ocasio-Cortez wants it this way and people aren't going to see what she's doing, then if that's the way she wants it, then maybe that'll be looked at by voters at the voting booth. I don't know. But this whole idea that the news media somehow is entitled to be at a campaign event and Ocasio-Cortez is some kind of nincompoop because she's barring them. I don't know. Don't agree with her on this. 99.9999% of the time, I wouldn't back her if it were, you know, the last flotation device on Earth. But I support her on this one. We also had, I don't know whether you saw this, where were the police there in North Carolina when they tore down that Confederate statue? We've got that going for us. We've got the CBS News rewriting history right in front of our eyes when it comes to... The uh, polling and everything else. And there's a pollster, believe it or not, who is on and saying that he is. uh, Actually, the the people got it all wrong. The pollsters were right in 2016. People just didn't understand the amazingness of of uh, what the pollsters were doing. So that's going to give us a laugh. G is going to be in here. And as always, folks, RadioFreeAlman.com is your place for uh, finding all of our merch, all the things that we are going to be having for sale, including the brand new colors that were pushed by Gia, the uh, nice little white collar and the military green and the forest green colors of the tanks. And then, of course, we still have the tees and the hats as well. RadioFreeAlman.com. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
bill is saying make sure you re- respect the national anthem, people. R-E-S-P-I-C-T. I am thinking it's a sign that the freckles in our eyes are mirror images and when we kiss their... From the Discovery Design Studios, it's Radio Free Almond. And How's everybody doing for crying out loud? Good morning this morning. Hey, I went to bed, surprisingly, before the the end of the Cardinals game. We win that. Now, Matt, are you shaking your head because we didn't or we don't know? We don't know. Good morning to you. Come on, everybody. Oh, yes, we did win. Thank you. Good. Perfect. Good morning this morning, people. I haven't gotten a lot of sleep lately, but I don't know why I'm okay. Just a thing. Okay, September 5th. Mama K. Yeah, he's like, call me. I know. Mama K, I'm not going to forget about you. I want you guys in the studio. Oh, you know what? Tomorrow, I've got uh, Brent Steinhoff and his crew coming in with barbecue. Yeah, Kim Parrish, you picked a good day to come in. Brent was smoking a cigar and smoking some meat last night just in preparation for the event. These guys... uh, County Brown Barbecue. Check it out on Facebook. I think I have it right. County Brown Barbecue. And these guys go around. They're all uh, LEO. Brent's as well. And they all go around and, and they'll cook for an event of yours. Whatever you're having. A church event or some kind of cool event you want to have, they'll, they'll cook for it, barbecue for it, for a uh, little donation to Backstoppers. So some of their proceeds go there to Backstoppers and great organization. And this is where we get into the, uh, the little barbecue something something days season. You know, on the weekends, some town always has a little something days. You go there and get your little plastic fireman's hat and maybe a funnel cake. Listen to a band made out of up a seventy year old dudes and eat a burger or something and then watch all the bees surround the trash cans under the tent. And maybe you'll have a beer. It's kind of what those days are all about. Yeah, but uh, that's that's. Uh, but they'll they'll come out and do stuff like that all the time. So I, I love those guys. I think it's County Brown Barbecue. I'm pretty sure. I, I didn't bother looking it up. You know me. I'm just. I, I remember talking to Brett about it. These guys are coming in, and then I catch up later and make sure I get all the everything the, everything straight. Then we have uh, yes, Mama K. She's got a big event coming. Uh, the 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 ghost tours, and I'm trying to get these guys on Radio Free Almond once we get the. Uh, uh, Bill Murphy says spent 24 years in County Brown. Good for you, man. Best. 
You guys have some guts, man. Have some guts. Yeah, fill the boots at Scooter. <laughs> yeah. Scooter goes to the good ones then where they're filling, the, filling boots full of beer. That's, that's the way to do it. Love that. So, yeah, I'm trying to get uh, Bobby Kane or pals on Radio Free Almond for the uh, for the Radio Free Almond network. They're going to do a paranormal show. I'm going to get that going. Mark Casey. I've been really busy lately. I'm working on an interesting side project. Like, I need a side project, but... Yeah, Mama K, I want to take that tour. I, I, that's a fa I'm fascinated by that stuff, and I think it's all real. So, I, mean, I think ghosts are definitely real. I mean, why wouldn't they be? I mean, we. Why wouldn't they be? HauntedSTLTours.com. Like that. HauntedSTLTours.com. Yeah, I think that's real. I mean, some, listen, let's put it this way. Some spirits, some energies, energies just don't want to leave. You know? You have things, they still have things to do, like sneak around your house and scare you. See, I would just be, I'd just be like a ghost, but I would just come every once in a while. I like have stuff I have to do, like chores to do and errands to run maybe like vacations to take but then when I just felt like messing with people I'd come back and just think how much fun that would be to be a ghost just mess with people not in a bad way like not not the not the not the bad way into, yeah Margaret says angels are with you all the time I believe that I definitely believe that now, if you want to call those ghosts or whatever but they're en they're energies I like that idea. I got, I got, that's why I'm working on a big, this project, because actually I was, I was actually followed home by somebody, a ghost. She kept telling me, tell my story, tell my story. Don't forget me. Tell people what the, the real truth is about my life. It's like, okay, got it. Got you covered. But yeah, I, I would mess with people. That would, I, I would just be kind of like running around. I'd move stuff. I'd like come into the studio here and move the carpet simpler, the table over there. And I'd be like, I could have sworn it was over here. And I'd be like, ha, 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 ha. Now I gotta go fill the Jeep up with gas. Then I come back and I go somewhere else. Mess with people that way. Be fun. And then some spirits just go. They just wanna go and then they're off and they don't ever come back. But I'd come back. If anything, for the co comedy. And then some people, you know, I don't know, well, Mama K, whether you get this idea, I'll talk to you about it, but some people fight it. There's no reason to fight it. It means to be scared. You know, and I love the whole idea of angels and angels being around. I think the human energy, the human soul and everything about it is too magical for it to actually just disappear altogether. 
I get the whole dust to dust thing and all that stuff, but it's too, people are too amazing, really. Humans, animals even, for that matter. There might be animal ghosts around. Boy, that, that's, that's a busy place, isn't it? Where the, where the ghosts are like running into each other and running into like a, a pig from the 1700s. It's like, up. And the pig's like, well, I can be a ghost too. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, I, I, I did all this and then I was wrapped in cellophane. It's schnooks. Give me a break. The least you could do is let me be a ghost running around. Pig ghost. You know. That's what I would do. So, hi, good morning this morning. We better get to some stuff because right now I'm riffing and I'm probably uh, sounding crazy. But that's the way I operate. Let me see where I can find this uh, story, which is very, very disturbing, by the way, on the North Carolina campus. And this and you and you're wondering, like, where in the hell are all of the police on this event? You know, so these students, of course, it's typical. It's a bunch of white liberal students at the University of North Carolina who have decided they are going to single handedly end racism in the country. This is this is your typical. You know, these guys have been raised in typical fashion, you know, like typical liberal whites. And it is they they figure that all they have to do is topple a statue from the Confederacy. And they can say they've done something for black people. That's kind of uh, how these operate, because if you look at all the people on this campus on the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I mean, can you imagine being a parent? And I guess if, if you if you've raised somebody like this. And I'm not even sure these are students, really. But they're on the campus anyway. Some of them look definitely too old for the club. So some of them are your uh, typical, you know, maybe early 30s, late 20s, white liberal hipsters who are just still hanging around college campuses and causing trouble because they don't have anything else to do. But. There are also, there's a graduate student, this is all based on a graduate student who was facing some criminal charges for throwing red ink on the statue of a person called Silent Sam. Silent Sam, as they call him, was erected in 1913 with donations from the United Daughters of the Confederacy. The statue's been the focus of protest for a long time, and it has uh, been attacked on a number of different levels, and these people just don't like that statue of Silent Sam. There were some people there who had Confederate flags on T-shirts and that kind of stuff to kind of watch the protest, but there really wasn't any uh, violence. But once again, we're back. This is what this is how they're spending their back-to-school energies at the University of North Carolina 
Chapel Hill. And the, the crazy thing about this is that this school, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, is a, is a good school. I mean, it's, a, it's an expensive, good school. I think this is where the, if I'm not mistaken, this is the big North Carolina basketball team school. Is that correct? Am I mistaken? Or when you when you talk about the, is it the Tar Heels, the the the, the folks that are in the, the the basketball players that are in the blue, and occasionally have really excelled in the NCAA. I think that's the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill guys. I think. But anyway, it's a good school, uh, well-regarded. And if you could imagine, and expensive, and if you could imagine, you know, sending your kid there only to have them wrapped up in this the first week they're back in school. This is, this is apparently, this is what, how they occupy the back-to-school week at University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. We're just going to riot and commit an act of vandalism and tear down a statue. And this is an act of vandalism. And if you go back, and and I'm thinking that when they're pulling the statue down, I'm saying, please fall on people. But it didn't. They have a future in tree removal. These people at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, these students, they're... uh, they're pulling down this thing like they're rock stars. So if you if you ever watch anybody try to remove a tree, which is a skill and dangerous, these folks learn a little something from some of the tree removers. Because and maybe that will be their future, considering this is how they're spending their back to school time. It's clearly not learning anything. And in fact, actually, kind of going back on the whole learning thing and 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 regressing. Yeah. It's too bad. Uh, that's the only thing missing from, again, this this video is I wish it was on Breitbart because then there'd be a gun ad in front of it. But no such luck. I've got I've got to watch uh, this Capital One ad because you get students more in debt. Here, um, is there a reason why I'm not getting any sound here? Uh, let's see. I don't know. The black people who built it and continue to keep it running underneath a table sinking into the dirt. Not one black pe- person out there. <laughs> oh, there are a couple black people there. Cops go home. And most of these guys, this is the this is the precursor to the toppling of the statue in the evening time. This is what happened yesterday. And so you got a bunch of old, bearded, typical white hipsters with their handkerchiefs over their faces saying cops go home. And they haven't set foot in a classroom in God knows how long if they ever did. And they're there on the campus there. All white. In fact, in fact, they're 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 punching black police officers. Some of these guys. They're punching black police officers. The only the only black people on the campus here right now, around this statue, 
our police officers, law enforcement people, protecting the statue and protecting the law. The rest, just a bunch of white ingrates who believe that the sum total of their resolution of racism in America is going to be pulling down a statue. That's a black guy. We want freedom. <laughs> Welcome to America's privileged youth. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in the inner city if you're bothering to watch the TV at all? And being in these economically depressed areas, whether it be in Chicago or New York or in St. Louis or beyond. And you're watching this. These people who have everything at their fingertips, they're at, at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, people. They're at, they're in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I mean, quite possibly one of the safest, most cloistered places on earth. It's a college town. These guys, these 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 people are going to go topple down their Confederate statue and then go suck down a walnut shandy at the tavern down the down the street. These people aren't fighting racism or fighting for the people who are really suffering in this country. These people aren't fighting for the economic development of the inner cities. They're not fighting for school choice. They're they're, they're not fighting for justice. They're not fighting for economic justice. They're not fighting for a return of manufacturing they're not fighting for bigger paychecks. They're not fighting for stronger communities. They're not, they're not, they're not fighting for higher wages. They're, they're not fighting for anything but just simply to march at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill to tear down a Confederate statue, which will be the sum total of their commitment to justice or whatever else, and their commitment to resolving racism. That's how they think this is all going to go down. What is this? On my iPad. Anyway, but that, that's, that's what these guys are doing. And, and, and to, to be somebody from the inner city and, and to be somebody who really wants something to happen in this country for them, to become bigger stakeholders in their communities, they're watching these white, privileged, black, privileged hipsters there on this campus, not only screaming at the police who are there to protect them and to protect property and the laws, but then doing something so useless, meaningless, and just a waste of time 
in tearing down a statue. And they're wearing gas masks and they're... And these guys haven't set foot, by the way, probably in a classroom at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. They're just out there on the campus utilizing the freedom of that campus to be able to do what they want. So they waited until the evening time to go ahead and get in there. And they finally did, in fact, topple the statue. Here, I'm going to They're stomping on the statue. I, I, it, I feel like I'm looking in in some third world country, which is kind of what they do. Like when they did this in Iraq, they toppled a statue and then started hitting it with their shoes and all that kind of stuff. I felt like I wasn't even looking at the United States of America. But that's that that's your future on the college campuses. And people should be concerned about this. And we should be able to refute these messages. Uh, Peter from U-City, boy, nothing like a nothing like a white lib from U-City who thinks that just because they went to school with black people there, they've done something for them by the privilege of rubbing shoulders with them at a, at a classroom they've, that they've done something for them. Why don't you do something instead of whining about college students? Because this kind of stuff is important. First of all, it's not their statue. And secondly, it's doing nothing to resolve any of the problems we have in this country. And, 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 uh, and, and But thanks for watching and obsessing, Peter. I appreciate that. But they, but they have not, but they have, they're doing nothing for this country by creating a third world atmosphere where they're running and tearing down statues. And, and I'm surprised the police didn't make any, you know, they tried, they tried to protect the thing, but they, but they, and they didn't make any arrests or anything. It just was just a sad day in the United States of America when somebody just went and toppled the statue because they didn't like the statue and felt it represented something. You know, do I do do I want to go down and 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 tear down the the uh, should I should we all go down and, and pull down the Chuck Berry statue there in U City, Peter? Because Chuck Berry videotaped women pooping in his bathroom. And all kinds of other disgusting things that he did, or are we just going to kind of let his music speak for itself and leave the guy the hell alone? And what would it do if we tore down the statue anyway? Would it end? People videotaping, celebrities videotaping young women pooping in, in his restaurant bathroom? Probably not. Would it, would, it, would it encourage celebrities to pay more taxes like he didn't? Probably not. But nonetheless, uh, or they uh, not violate federal tax laws. But you know what? We don't care. Because Chuck Berry's history is a moment in history. He's part of the fabric of history. And... Hey, uh, leave him alone. But again, this thing on Chapel Hill is disturbing from the standpoint of individuals who really aren't, you know, doing anything for black people, nothing for the economy, 
nothing for economic justice. We're something we do every day. You got p- people like Peter go, what are you doing instead of Mitch talking about whining about blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, every single day I spend here three hours plus four hours talking about issues that are important to the community, issues that are important to our economy, as opposed to this trolling Facebook and, 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 and telling people how to speak and what to say on airwaves that they own. So, yeah, I'm going to I'll talk about this. I'll talk about the great things about tariffs the next hour. I'll talk about the economy. I'll talk about all the things that actually I promoted. Because if we had Peter Wyatt's, you know, whatever, uh, Hillary Clinton in office. This country would be a crap hole. You wouldn't see any you wouldn't see any economy. I, I think you're in the business of theater or whatever else it is. Uh, you wouldn't have anybody who can afford a ticket to go see whatever it is you're putting together. I mean, again, let's let's be real and call a spade a spade here and, and not sit there and, and, and question what people are doing in terms of, of their contribution. When every day I get up here and talk about uh, what we need to do in terms of policy and everything else. But that's your and the, and the problem, too, is this happens on the University of North Carolina campus on Chapel Hill. And you think that these were all students and they're not. They're just a bunch of your typical, which is what St. Louis is plagued with, your typical beards and pot bellied. 29 year old and 32 year olds running out there who have nothing else to do in their black T-shirts and handkerchiefs. Yelling at the cops and doing whatever. It's the it's the uh, it's the hipster crowd. And all they do, you talk about bitching, all you're doing is bitching about stuff. All they do is whine and they try to tear people down. They try to remove people from jobs. And, you know, when they don't even have a decent one themselves. And it's just about envy, jealousy, anger. They're ass hurt over the uh, the election. And they and they continue to be because they lost an election. Uh, they 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 tried to rub the belly of their little Bernie Sanders and it didn't quite work out for them, did it? Now. And so now they just turned to the streets and turned to Confederate statues and turned to this and pulling that down and tweeting, tweet mobbing this advertiser and blah blah blahing, doing nothing productive. Because they haven't learned, to do, they haven't had to do anything productive. They haven't had to fight every day just to stay alive. They haven't lived like the 17-year-old in North St. Louis who went on Facebook, and I told this story yesterday, went on Facebook to celebrate the fact that he turned 17, that he made it to 17. Can you imagine in the United States of America a... 17-year-old boy, 17-year-old guy, and he's, for all intents and purposes, an adult, but still, still in high school. Can you imagine a country where there are 17-year-old guys? I don't know, Peter, you you and your gang haven't really talked about the 17-year-old, have you now? Probably not. You're too busy posting Donald Trump, anti-Donald Trump memes and calling Donald Trump a racist. You're too busy posting those on your Facebook page and spreading them around with your your city you city buds. 
You didn't, did, you didn't hear about the 17-year-old kid in North St. Louis, right? The one you didn't have to bother to care about? Like those of us in the conservative world actually do? Because I know, I know, you voted for Barack Obama. You thought all those black people for, were, were more than well taken care of. I voted for Barack Obama. I don't have to do anything more about for black people. I did. Look what I did. I voted for, I had a Barack Obama sign in my yard. I voted for Wesley Bell for prosecuting attorney of the St. Louis County. What else do I need to do for black people? Look at me. I'm from U City and Clayton. I voted for Wesley Bell. Now I'm no longer racist. Now I'm no longer needing to do anything for black people. I can just sit there and put my sign out. And uh, you know what? I might even put a Black Lives Matter sign out in my front yard for crying out loud. I might even wear a. I'll, I'll put. I'll put a bumper sticker on my. on my Toyota Prius that says Black Lives Matter. That'll do the trick. Drive around Clayton and Maplewood with my Black Lives Matter bumper sticker. And then I'm, I'm in. You know, I'll go, I'll go, see, go see the band and, and drink a Walnut Shandy, Schlafly's, with my Black Lives Matter sticker. That'll do the trick. Yeah, go to any one of these hipster joints around St. Louis any one of these places where you're going to find the beard and pot bellies and ask them if they've heard about the 17-year-old kid in North St. Louis who went on Facebook and declared, happy birthday to me. I've made it to 17. Ask, ask any of these white, liberal, hipster boys whether or not they heard about the 17-year-old, because chances are they didn't, because they don't give a rip. Because they voted for Barack Obama, they called Trump a racist, and so they've done, they've done their duty. They're rubbing their hands together. We've, we've, huh. As long as I sit around with my other white friends and talk about how terrible conservatives are, and, and, and Trump is, and I can talk, call him Cheeto face, and We've done, we've done more than we need to do for black people. And then, and then we'll defend people tearing down a statue at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. That's what we'll do. And, and then we don't have to do anything more for black people. <laughs> I went to school with them. What more do I need to do for black people? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I went to science class with them. Graduated with a bunch of them. I'm Facebook friends with some of them. What else do I need to do? But yeah, I guarantee you, they never went, they don't know anything about this 17-year-old who said, happy birthday to me, I'm glad that I've made it to 17. And then hours later, he shot to death on the streets of St. Louis. Hours later, he shot to death on the streets of St. Louis on his 17th birthday. After going on Facebook and saying, Happy birthday to me. I'm glad I made it to 17. When we live in a country like that, we should be very concerned about that. And who's not concerned about that? The people who are busy talking about Russia collusion, squawking about Donald Trump being racist, 
bitching at us on twi on Twitter and Facebook because we're conservatives and toppling Confederate statues in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. None of what they're doing is helping the other 17-year-old there who is going to be happy to make it to his 17th birthday and maybe not make it through it. None of, none of this activity. And check this out. The 17-year-old wasn't killed by a white man, wasn't killed by a cop, wasn't killed by a Trump supporter, wasn't killed by a Confederate statue. He was killed by somebody in his own community. I think they made an arrest. It was another young person, young black man. And so pardon me if I'm if I'm a little bit cynical about having to hear from the the white liberals and watch them wander around everywhere on our television screens, tearing down st statues and 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 going on CNN and calling President Trump racist and on down the line. Pardon me if I have just a little bit uh, of a temper when it comes to having to hear from them because they're not doing squat for these people. And imagine, again, I'll go back to the 17-year-old. Imagine being that 17-year-old. What if he watched on TV somebody tearing down a Confederate statue? What do you think he'd be thinking? I don't know what he'd be thinking, but you think that would be one of his concerns is the Confederate statue in Forest Park or down there, that, that that's what he's scared of when he walks out of his house every day? What, was that what was that what the 17 year old was scared about when he after he posted his happy birthday to me? I'm glad it made it to 17 when he walked out of his house. Do you think he was scared? Of, well, you, the Trump supporter? Do you think he was scared of a Confederate statue popping out of nowhere and shooting him? Do you think he was scared of General Mattis? Or pick anybody who just gets trolled on a regular basis. And, and I guarantee you he wasn't scared of any of that. And so... Pardon me if I see on the news every day the white liberal establishment and, and white liberal hipster community spending all their time doing meaningless things and then bitching at us because we're racist or that we don't care about black people. I mean, pardon me if I just simply throw my head back and laugh out loud at your emptiness your hypocrisy and your complete abdication of any of the responsibilities you want to put on us. Cause at least, you know, at least we're doing something. At least we're, we're promoting decent policies that, that are hopefully going to affect everybody. Instead, you, you know what you guys are promoting? Some old lady in a pantsuit calling everybody else deplorable. That's your claim to fame. I don't know what ours is. Ours is a man who has come in and single-handedly in 600 days 
increased our GDP, well, not single-handedly, but you know what I mean, to 4.1%, cut corporate taxes, energized an economy, created thousands of manufacturing jobs, and produced an unemployment rate among blacks that has been the lowest ever in history. That's what we've done. We've promoted people and politicians who have common sense and who approach an economy that is going to include everybody, an inclusive economy that's going to have everybody as a stakeholder in our, in our communities. And that actually, in the end, does more for black people than any pot-bellied, walnut-shandy-drinking St. Louis hipster or Chapel Hill, North Carolina hipster is ever going to do. Because they were raised to be white liberal guiltists and they have no functional ability to do anything but whine and moan and bitch about Republicans and conservatives and do nothing but simply promote and elect more progressive Democrats and more people who just simply are destructive when it comes to the economy and who continue to just simply lay back and watch black people murdered every single day right in front of their eyes and can still manage a tweet that says Donald Trump is the racist and can still manage a shout in, a, in, a, in some kind of protest that police are the problem. Crazy world we live in, and sorry to have had to go on such a rant, but let me tell you something. I'm not going to be lectured by a bunch of these white liberal hipsters anymore, and most of us are pretty sick of your inactivity and your uselessness, and that's where we're at. So I'm going to take a walk because... Uh Gia Valenti's going to be coming in. We'll talk more with her about stuff. And it's learning time. Learn with Moxie. Learnwithmoxie.com. We're live here from the Discovery Design Studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Radio Free Almond. Yeah, Jennifer wants to know more about the Chris Watts case. Yeah. Gia and I have been kind of obsessed with this thing. We've been playing amateur sleuth and wrong about a couple things. I don't think you get more horrible than Chris Watts, though, in recent memory. My goodness gracious, this guy. We'll talk more about that. Also, didn't know whether you all uh, saw CBS. They're busy telling us that the polls weren't really wrong in 2016. And MSNBC continues to surprise me. Katie Tour, what is going on here? Because the, the panelists and people they have on are even shocking the anchors. 
like I, I already told you yesterday about about Rachel Maddow and how she did a pretty good job in dealing with John Brennan. And I was like, wow, Rachel Maddow, good for you. And, and, and Rachel Maddow was, yeah, thank you, Vicky. You know what? But, uh, but isn't that, isn't that, so, you know, go back and listen to the rant again. I think I'm on to something. I don't know. Thank you, Barbara. But yeah, Rachel Maddow was like to John Brennan. It's like, dude, you, and, and, and Rachel Maddow is no fan of President Trump by any stretch. But she's like, dude, you called President Trump treasonous. What the hell do you expect? <laughs> you know? I mean, even Rachel Maddow gets it. Now, Katie Tour is another breed altogether. Did I say breed? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Does that mean I'm calling her a dog? I don't know. I'm not, though. Katie tourist, you know, she's... I don't, know, I don't really judge everybody cosmetically, but she's not a dog, by any stretch of imagination. I don't know what that means. But anyway, she's on, and this is... Uh, MSNBC's MTP Daily. And they've got this panel. And she's, uh, Katie Tour was actually filling in. And, and even Katie Tour, who is a left wing broadcaster, even she had to try to rein in this person from Real Clear Politics, Caitlin Huey Burns. And an MSNBC contributor, John Podhoritz, Lord. And then this other reporter, Michelle Goldberg, who is from the New York Times. Listen to this discussion and how Katie Tour finally was like, people, you are embarrassing us, even even though. I might agree with you on all kinds of different levels. What you're saying here and what you're doing here and talking about here, this is derangement. This is anti-Trump derangement. And when when you're even needing Katie Tour to come in and dial people back, you know you're way out there. So here's here's the exchange and how it went he's down. The leader of the free world. Oh no, he's not. You're not the leader of the free world, but sorry. Well, by <laughs> default, he's the leader of the free world. Okay, first of all, this is one reporter saying he's the leader of the free world. All right? And then you have this uh, Michelle Goldberg from the New York Times saying, no, he's not. Angela Merkel's the leader of the free world because uh, she and John Podhoritz like, yeah, of course, uh, just by default, he's the leader. And, and it's because Angela Merkel, which... This is it's a ridiculous concept that she's the leader of the free world. They tried to run us run that bias right after the election of Donald Trump. And they needed desperately to find some other older woman in a pantsuit. To declare the the new king of the jungle or queen of the jungle. And they found Angela Merkel because she kind of looks. Oh, oh, there's an old white lady in a pantsuit. Let's name her the 
leader of the free world since we didn't get one here in the U.S. And so Angela Merkel got that distinction after uh, overseeing the ruination of her country with unfettered migration policies and everything else. But she's the leader of the free world. So these people are just kind of sitting there on this panel. Katie tours there and they're just kind of snarking out like like you if you've probably heard. Well, either watch people on Twitter have a conversation like this, or maybe you had the misfortune of being in a company lunchroom and listening to your coworkers talk like this. Angela Merkel's leader of the free world. But <laughs> well, he he is the most important person in in the world. Yeah, I mean, come on, okay, that, let, yeah, they're, they're trying to. This this journalist here uh, from Real Clear Politics, Caitlin Huey Burns, is trying to have at least a remotely sensible conversation. I mean, and, and although by the end of this, you'll know she's not sensible at all, but she's at least trying to like say, okay, can we just accept the fact that the president of the United States is basically the leader of the free world? Can we just give us that? And she's like, no, he's Angela Merkel's the leader. And then they're just being snarky, but she's like, okay, can we just simply accept that he's the president of one of the most influential countries in the West. and I mean, can we just move the ball on here, please? She tried. Politics right now, and he is very vocal. And I do agree with you that this does express a level of exasperation among his aides that they can't have any control over. You're our... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Your argument that he's not the leader of the free world because he's not because standing up for democracy, he's right, not standing up for humanity. Well, and, and so... Katie Tour doubles back to her credit and wants to know. I mean, you're talking about this is Katie Tour, who is a left wing broadcaster, by the way, having to double back on a New York Times reporter because she heard the New York Times supporter, reporter declare that President Trump is not the leader of the free world. And 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 actually, it's Angela Merkel. So even Katie Tour is like, um, you know, kind of put a place setter on that while Caitlin continued her little thing. And Katie Tour goes back to it going, uh, what what the hell did you mean again? He's, he's, right. a, he's a sort of junior player in a block of authoritarian countries. And no, and the and that this is Michelle Goldberg describing the president of the United States. Now, do you think she's pissed just a little that Hillary lost the election? You think she's just a, got a little bit of a little bit of a angst going on in there inside of her? Because she sounds like she's and she's wearing some kimono, on, some big, you know, some uh, tablecloth on there, like some muumu, and she's not happy about the de-election of. <laughs> Of Hillary Clinton, like the European Union are no longer looking at him as a leader any longer, and they're thinking of, of course doing not. Thing. The him. European Union absolutely is looking at him as a leader. The French, the the French government loves the guy, and so does the Italian government. By the way, so you've got Angela Merkel. Okay, she's not real happy with him for some reason we don't know, but you've got you've got uh, Poland loves him. Although Poland, you know, I would have them more of an Eastern country, but uh, the Eastern Bloc, Western Bloc, whatever you want to call it, these countries love the president because he's protecting them. He's empowering them. And many of them are following in his footsteps regarding trade. And by the way, talk about influence. 
they've all upped the ante when it comes to their commitment to their military budgets, thanks to President Trump saying, hey, maybe you want to up your ante when it comes to your military budgets. So they've all they've all done that and they've all followed in the footsteps with him. And so his influence is pretty clear. Not not as far as Michelle Goldberg is concerned, however. Right. They see he's instead he's like, right. He's part of a block that includes Vladimir Putin, Duterte. He's you know, he's so here's Michelle Goldberg comparing President Trump to Putin and Duterte. Now, Duterte is kind of a crazy dude, as you all know, and he's well, he's running around basically assassinating drug suspects and things like that. And. He's done some positive things, I guess, because the Filipinos, some of those people like him. They're kind of like, hey, we got a kind of this crazy guy who was our leader, but he certainly doesn't take any crap from anybody. And that's true. But still, he'd be considered a dictator. And Michelle Goldberg just simply says, no, no, nobody's listening to President Trump. He's just like Putin and Duterte. And Katie Tour at this point, and this is kind of uh, 49 seconds into this debacle, Katie Tourist is kind of like, uh, this is, I'm crazy, but these people are crazier. And I, and I gotta, I gotta get out of here. It's kind of like the criminal in his cell block who basically shoplifted and he's in a cell block with murderers, rapists, and robbers. And he's like, um, I know I'm a criminal, but I'm in like with these terrible people that's how katie tour feels you can part tell. of a he, he's part of kind of an access that's, power that's, of well hold on that's, that's, that's i mean this is katie tour trying to say uh hold on a second here people you guys are really sounding idiotic and these are people from the new york times and a contributor pot Hortz, has been around for god knows how long and then somebody from real clear politics uh, it's it's worse than that him, in a certain I mean, way. I mean, not that that's not the worst thing you could have said, because it's about <laughs> the worst thing you could say about him. Well, he's, he's not, not, he's the not rounding the people up and murdering America. murdering them yeah. without any, uh, you know, yeah. due process. He certainly yeah. like to. I mean, that's the sum talk. Katie Tour has, like, she's lost. And it's another example, though, where I think MSNBC, they're starting to get it. I mean, yeah, they're... Their big guy, Brian Williams, is still conducting investigations into whether or not President Trump likes dogs or not and 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 still, you know, holding court and talking about how President Trump may or may not uh, be the only president ever not to have a dog in modern history and those kinds of things. But when it comes to some of the uh, chicks over there at MSNBC, they seem to be uh, they seem to be getting it good for them. Check it out. She's really uncomfortable. RadioFreeAlman.com. But check out the uh, little bit there. Katie Tour finally says she's had enough of the left-wing crazies over there. Thank you, by the way, to Matthew Mitchell. Matthew Mitchell, Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Yeah, too early to give credit. Yeah, Trisha, I know. I'm, but I'm just, the last couple days, I'm just watching these people and going, well, hmm. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. For all of your insurance needs, he's my car, home, life insurer. 
and he's a really good guy. And he'll give you the lowest rates you're going to find anywhere in the land, and especially if you're a young person, because sometimes young people kind of get the brunt of the insurance company's jumpiness. So they charge a lot of money for their rates, car rates especially. But he's got great rates for for young people. 855-QUOTE-ME is the number for Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Don't forget to shout out my buddy Chris Kahneman over there at Mattress King. One Mattress King on Facebook. 636-698-5167. 636-698-5167. Make an appointment. See him. Get the least expensive mattresses you're going to find in the highest quality as well that you're going to find in the land. And you're going to love the prices that he has. You're going to love the quality. These are 1961 era. I mean, not era, but you know what I mean. They're, they're the symbol mattress from 1961 made with bamboo, people. Come on now. Comfortable. I think one of my girls stole my pillow. Where that is. I'm going to find that. I love that pillow. Margaret Sharp wants to know who this is. This is uh, PM Dawn. Gia Valenti's intro music, it turns out, uh, to, to, to be just that. Yeah. One Mattress King on Facebook. Don't forget also to show your love to Gold Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com. Tell them thank you for their support of Radio Free Almond. And for telling all the trolls to pound sand. Chia Valenti, thank you so much for your support over that, that big deal on Sunday. Got a little creepy. Ooh, I'm it did get a little creepy. Well, you know, that's because it's weird because they are. Your, your headphones okay? Because they are. Uh, they were a little loud. Little. There you go. That's good. Oh my gosh, there's a... The, the, they always... Well, the problem with... The, the problem is with a lot of these folks... I don't want to make too much of this because don't, we don't need to start no. another fight with these people no. because they're, they're, they're not... They're a waste of time. But I did notice something about the white liberal hipster. And I've, I've, I've actually basically spent a lot of the morning viciously attacking them over the whole, you know, Confederate statue mm-hmm. thing, all this. So, and rightly so. But... Women, for some reason, they have an issue with women a lot of the time. They like they 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 and and they tend to sexualize their anger, which is kind of weird. They tend to like, for instance, like with Ann Coulter or with Sarah Palin, or you go back in history. Some woman, there's always there's always some when they attack them, there's some sexual element uh-huh. attached to it, which is which is really you'd need like a psychiatrist to kind of get into that what whole that thing. means mm-hmm. but boy for people who are seemingly so open and and so f- uh, and feminist i mean i'll never forget watching the the vagina hat uh march debacle the march there on on the day that trump was inaugurated and a <laughs> 
and I, I'm not I'm not laughing at the misfortune of this reporter, but it was uh, one of the white one of the hipsters there, the liberals punched a female reporter at at the, I'm, I'm talking about at the mm-hmm. women's march. <laughs> so I mean that's what you're kind of getting, but yeah. So you yeah. you 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 went on and gave them the what for and boom. A little bit. Thank you, babe. Appreciate you're it. You're welcome. So how's it going? Good. You were saying to everybody that you had a little trouble in traffic, correct? No, it's. I'm not factoring in school. I'm like, oh yeah, school. School's back. I mean, we're. It's early. Oh yeah. I got to get used to this. Yeah, it's funny because I'm looking at. I, I I like to look at some of the uh, the the trending and and it's interesting how. There's a there is a point it like you can always tell when people are making the transition from well waking up, then you can tell when they're making the transition from, all right the kids are fed breakfast and now we're going to get into the car and then making the transition from getting into the car, <laughs> and listening because you can see all the the dips we always can see it on the stream Facebook's a little different because you you don't have many people utilizing it all the time but you can certainly tell trends and things Mm -hmm. like that it's kind of interesting to watch that so yeah yeah and i and i kissed the kids this morning wanted to smooch them before i came in yeah my babies my girl my little girl's doing a reading today at church oh really Mm -hmm. it's the first mass oh yeah right yeah she's doing reading kids do that you gonna be able to make it no all's going Oh, uh, I go to all of them yeah right so he's videoing this one for me yeah i always i always i've I've always missed them. I get ta- yeah. I get I get videotapes of them, mm-hmm. but I, I but I but I always miss those. Yeah. But those are cute. I love those little morning. I know they're masses. darling. It's yeah. a great thing about Catholic school. I love them. They start my day off right, and I love to look around and see all the little people, and they're just they're adorable. Love it. You love know, it. speaking of that, let me. I'll get to this real quick because you and I have been obsessing over this case in Colorado. But I I want to get to this thing. Speaking of religion, and I kicked it off at the very beginning of the show. And it actually <laughs> became a big deal on Twitter. And I finally said, I finally tweeted this out. I, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of tweeting lately because I just don't, I didn't, haven't had a lot of time. But I saw this situation where this comedian, David Cross, do you watch a lot of TV? Mm-mm. I think he's in Arrested Development. Or I've seen his face before. Okay. And he's a pretty, he looks like a pretty, I think he, uh, he's a f- funny guy. So he's going to be at the University of Utah. Uh, and... and in the run-up to the performance there, uh, which is happening tomorrow night, he had he had a uh, he was standing there in an outfit, and it said, "Hey, Salt Lake City, see you on Wednesday night." And he's he's uh, standing in a pair of underpants, like short underpants, and an undershirt, which apparently, and I I actually didn't know this is kind of the undergarments of the Mormon church members. Like, uh, they wear white two-piece cotton undergarments every day, similar in some minds as vestments like a nun's habit or a Muslim skull cap, as they saw it, or maybe even a yarmulke, whatever. Uh, and so but people... It's, it's under their clothes. Yes. Okay. So he's just out there standing in it going, I'm coming to Salt Lake City. And apparently some Mormons are all going nuts over the thing and criticizing it. But to tell you the truth, it really isn't as much the Mormons as usual. Uh, it's kind of like when the when they when the white liberal hipsters are tearing down the statue. Mm-hmm. Blacks don't care about Confederate statues, but the white liberals right. certainly do. And so I don't think the Mormons cared much about this, but somebody did. 
and wanted the, the university to cancel the performance mm -hmm. because he is offending Mormons. And I'm thinking, all right, so should I be retroactively bitching about Sister Act and Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg? <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that what comedians do? Kind of. That's what they do. Yeah. They make fun of lots of different types of people. And, I mean, I, it is what it is. I, I mean, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. They all do controversial on the, you know, on the verge of maybe crossing the line comedy. Yeah. I they mean, all do. I, the Catholic Church has put up with it for heaven knows how long. And I don't, you know, I've seen people, I've seen people dress up as priests for Halloween and stuff. Right. It's, it's like. Who cares? And then, uh, you know, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want my kids to do it, but necessarily. But, uh, but, but, you know, the, and then, or you see uh, situations where uh, there's the the age old. I don't think they do it as much anymore because people are overly sensitive. But laughing used to have, you know, they make Jewish laughing. jokes all the, like they had a rabbi on sometimes or whatever. I mean, it was just, it's just so typical. Now, this did surprise me because up until now, I thought the only people you absolutely could not joke around with were Muslims, but I didn't know Mormons had been added to the list. Hmm. But remember seeing the Book of Mormon? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see mm -mm. it? All right. Well, I did. And I was a little concerned at the time that it was going to be, you know, critical, like it was going to be kind of sacrilege mm -hmm. or whatever. Now, I guess if you're a Mormon, maybe it was, but I didn't hear too many Mormons complaining about the Book of Mormon. And it was a good show. It's very interesting. And I thought it was Somewhat, even though it was funny and jokey, it did seem to be still a little reverential still of the Mormon church. I didn't feel like it was attacking the Mormon church right. at all. So Lots of friends in it. Haven't seen it. Yeah, it was, it was a good show here in St. Louis. It was, a, it was a good show. So some people just need to freaking get over it. Stop complaining about every little thing that somebody does, because Twitter is where this lands. Like, Twitter oh, is always. where it always lands. You know I'm not a fan of Twitter. No. Not at all. No. It drives me crazy. Hashtag drives me crazy. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, yeah. I, I use it from time to time, but it, it really cracks me up. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the mob psychology. One more thing before we get to the uh, Chris Watts deal. Did you see this story? This is, like, really crazy. So we all know that Harvey Weinstein is a horrible person, right? <laughs> but there's a story out there about uh, a woman named Asia Argento. Do you know who that is? She was one of the first actresses to have ever accused Harvey Weinstein of right. molesting her or whatever. And one of the first actresses. So then suddenly yesterday... This story pops out of nowhere. Check it out. A Me Too activist and one of Harvey Weinstein's most vocal accusers agreed to pay $380,000 to her own accuser. This is according to a bombshell new report by the New York Times. Citing documents sent anonymously to the newspaper and verified with three people familiar with the case, the report says that in the months after going public with her allegations against Weinstein last October, the 42-year-old Italian actress reached a financial settlement with actor and musician Jimmy Bennett, who once played Argento's son, in the 2004 film The Heart is Deceitful. So she paid this kid off who accused her of sexually assaulting mm -hmm. him months after she made an accusation against Harvey Weinstein. Right. It kind of takes a little bit out of the uh, old Me Too movement, you know? Right.
just a tad. Mm-hmm. Were, just, you, were you surprised by the uh, development there in uh, Colorado? A little bit. I know that you and I said there's no way he's having an affair. There's no way this is a resentful guy who's you know threatened by his wife's strength. And but in the back of my mind, there was the thought of. Are we going to find out that, you know, there's been this affair going on? And so when it when it happened, I went, well, you know, not shocked. But um, I am absolutely disgusted at his now claiming that he walked in to find her or, you know, he announced that, that he wanted a separation. And, and so she strangled one and then mm-hmm. she's in the midst of strangling the other. Yeah. Meanwhile, he decides that the best thing to do after that is to dump both of his kids in oil tanks that are full of crude oil. Like, that's what I would do if yeah. I found my spouse killed my kids. Yeah. Let me get rid of them. Yeah. Why, Pros- not, why Pros- not pick up the phone and call the police and be like, my wife is crazy. She right. just killed our kids. Yeah. Because then she's going to jail and then you can be with your lady. Mm-hmm. Right? He's so stupid. Yeah, prosecutors are kind of like, um, don't think it happened that way. That's kind of like not what that's kind of like not what went on. Right. That still then still. Did you ever go back and see that last post on her Facebook page with the kid wrapped in a blanket? So it has when you, when I go to her page, it's not there. OK, so they must have pulled it. Yeah. But if you Google it, then you can see it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, a doll wrapped in their twister game. Yes. So I don't know who did that. I don't know. But she saw it. I know. Posted on her Facebook page. She's like, what am I, what is this all about? And it was, and it was the Twister game. It's like a three foot tall doll. Right. And the doll's legs were sticking out of the. Twister game. Yeah. And then, but the face and everything else was covered. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. And, and we talked about this. While back, I don't. I don't need to get too much into the forensic stuff, but uh, you are in a situation where, uh, in in murder, sometimes, and, and I think what happened is we, it was uh, when it was when the mayor um, died, Florissant. I can't remember now. I can't remember his darn name. Uh, but but when he, when he. Um, Lowry, Mayor Lowry died. I said, I bet, I bet his one regret is that they did not uh, ever close the close the Angie Hausman case. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about the case. And normally, and that's how abnormal this guy is. Normally, when people, and the reason why they didn't think that she was killed by a loved one is because of the manner in which she was killed. She was left there basically to uh, freeze to death tied to a tree, chained to a tree. And the police were like, you know, this could be intra-family, but it's rare that family members treat the people they've killed in this fashion. Normally, you can tell that someone's been killed by a family member because they're wrapped in a blanket or they're they're disposed of in a way that indicates some degree of... love for them even though you're it's it's a twisted thing but it's different than just simply dumping them or right. chaining them someplace to die you 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 have some there's even even in, in your lack of humanity there's some little bit of humanity mm-hmm. left in you so that's what they do so so normally they can tell that that was definitely not somebody who was a family member because of the way they treated the person with this thing in Colorado 
It's like, all right, this is the father of these two girls who who did this and and then got rid of them in that way. And you've got to have like a special like special. you've got you've got, you've got to have something really bad inside of you to to do I mean to do that. That's like that's not, not like killing somebody isn't horrible itself, but to do something like that with your own children like that is just to me unbelievable. Yeah. You got to have something really, and so they're going back and hit in time, trying to figure out what the situation is with uh, with this person uh, and what was going on with him uh, in in the past, and so because because there's something because because the police were like, you just don't suddenly become this diabolical right like overnight, overnight. and certainly not over some affair. That you're having. I mean, maybe you do because we saw the Chris Coleman case and how that thing worked out. But uh, I, I, what I want to know, and I, I was asking Paul this. My mom and and Paul and I were talking last night, and I said, the woman, the woman that he's having an affair with, just like Chris Coleman. Do these women know this is going to happen? I mean, is it like part of the plan? Like, yeah, kill your wife and kids so we can be together, or is it like? We're having this affair, and then all of a sudden you turn on the news and you see the guy you've been having an affair with has just done this horrific thing, and you're like, whoa. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm really curious about where these women are yeah, and what they think after this happens. I, I, well, usually where they are is on the phone with the police well, <laughs> saying, um, just want to let you know. I have nothing, nothing to do, do with, with this, it. and this guy and I had a relationship, but I am like completely not, you know, was not part of part this of the whole plan. plan, the whole deal. I, so yeah, yeah, I'm. I just I wonder about yeah. that. Yeah, like if it did, if it, let's say the whole thing would have been pulled off, would she then be with him? I. I oh, I. You yeah, know right. what I mean? Oh, like, honey. Yeah, I don't. My brave, my brave knight. <laughs> I mean, I should, I'm not laughing about it. I just, I think about those things too. Well, I know you're not this, laughing huh? about it. I'm just saying, I don't know what, I don't, the way the scenario that plays out in these idiots' heads, yes. What were That's you what thinking? you're trying to get. It's like, yeah. you know, like, what is she going to do? Come running slow motion right. with chariots of fire. fire playing behind her? Well, you finally killed your kids and wife. Now we can live happily ever after. Yeah, it's like, I'd... oh, really? Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, knowing what we know now and looking at that interview, he really thinks he's something. I mean, oh, he, yeah. And even the pictures on Facebook, I'm like, you really think you're something. <laughs> yeah. You like started losing weight on your wife's burn, you know, and, and now you're like get looking kind of buff with your tight shirts and you're like a little scruff. And, oh, so was he kind oh, of a pudge? Was he a yeah, pudge? Oh, really? Yeah. So then he started getting kind of svelte. Maybe he got a little attention. And I mean, I, ugh. Lord, that poor thing. She was, and, and you know, when you look at what she did, she was so. She was she was starting her own business and that Darling. whole thing, and just was such a sweetheart. And uh, it's a sad story. And I, I mean, I don't know whether people really follow this stuff to to that degree, you know, in terms right. of. But but we, you and I, were this story just kind of. Plus, you know, having kids and things like that. This kind of stuff is like, it just just gets you right there. It's 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 crazy. There are also two videos. There's one where the little girl calls her dad her hero. And then there's another one where is it? It's Shannon, right? It's pronounced Shannon. Uh-huh. She's talking about how she and Chris met. 
Oh, I know. I saw that. I was like, ugh. I saw that. Well, anyway. In the, in the political end, I don't know whether you saw this on CBS. And keep in mind, the uh, the polls in 2016 were wrong. They They were telling everybody that there was no path to victory, that there was no chance of President Trump becoming president. And they were wrong. So now the pollsters are all back for another helping. And they're on CBS with uh, Nora O'Donnell. And there's this dude from the uh, he, he's the he's the director of elections for CBS, the network. His name is, is Anthony Salvanto. And he goes on and says with a straight face, oh, no, uh, you must be mistaken. The, the, the polls were, were not wrong. I mean, you, you, you know, you're you're we were all together on election night 2016, which was a, a long night for everybody, you know, and real nail biter. People said, well, that proved that the polls were wrong. But were they? No. Uh, yes. No. Thank you. <laughs> no, of course not. Nora, they were not wrong. What gave you that impression that the polls were wrong? And she's like, thank you for saying that. It's like, we'll Explain. see. Explain to everybody. No. Well, first of all, you know, this is, again, looking past the horse race and also looking past the national polls, which right. actually turned out to be very accurate. Uh, but what you wanted to do was go a step beyond. Because she so it's interesting if, if the national poll and, and what they're talking about. I guess, are trying to talk about would be the popular vote numbers. But, of course, that's the problem with polling is that when it comes to the Electoral College, polling in itself becomes ultimately meaningless. They were completely wrong because if you do, like back in the day, we had the, there's a thing called Real Clear Politics. It's a website, and they've got a a average, like a, a a final average. So what Real Clear Politics does is they take an entire uh, bunch of polls, and sometimes they go state by state, sometimes they go national, and they decide to go, they're going to collate all of them and come up with an average. So what they did in Wisconsin, and this is a matter of fact, okay, this is on paper. What they did in Wisconsin was uh, they did the Real Clear Politics average, and it gave Hillary a 6.5% lead in Wisconsin, a 6.5% lead. That, by the way, is gigantic. Huge. In, in By any stretch of the imagination, especially in Wisconsin, where at the very least, people who were looking at this were kind of, uh, uh, were kind of like, There's, this is going to be close at the very least. But they, no, not them, 6.5% lead in Wisconsin. So Trump winds up winning by 0.7%. Unreal which is a, a, a huge uh, red mark in terms of being oh, wrong. Oh, yeah. Then he was predicted to lose Michigan by 3.4%. Again, Michigan's a gigantic uh, state in terms of the electrical, important state. 3.4% right. is a huge number, and uh, it, he winds up winning it by 0.3%. In fact, here it says Clinton led in 24 out of the final 25 polls that we're real clear politics averaged uh, for that particular state. And there were there was some margin of error stuff and everything else. But these people are still even when it comes to diluting themselves over the polls, 
now they're deluding themselves over whether or not they were right. Right. Uh, in the end. See what this guy has to say as he continues Popular to uh, vote. Yeah. By, by about a percentage or two. Yeah. yeah. But all the signs were there. Look, Republicans. So he's again claiming that the polls were really right because she wound up winning the popular vote. But again, the popular vote, while it matters to some degree, uh, it doesn't matter in the end because our system isn't built on a popular vote. It's built on electoral Electoral. college, which actually is a lot more representative, per se, than a popular vote would be. Because anybody can, if if you really want to, if you take... You know, New York City, New York and California and Miami, that's that's a boatload of of people there. Right. Which is why the founding fathers were so brilliant when they came up with this this idea a long time ago, by the way, a long time ago where they came up with this idea when when Virginians were constantly being voted into office and the founding fathers were kind of like, do we don't really want like Virginians all, all the, the time? time. <laughs> uh, just and just because most people live in Virginia, right? And even then, they were like, you don't want like one little part that happens to be most populous. You don't want one little part to determine who is going to be in the White House. And so they came up with the Electoral College, which was a brilliant kind of mathematical type of deal, uh, where they were able to divvy up according to Senate seats. But in the end, it wound up being so brilliant, because, but Hillary still didn't understand it, and neither did the pollsters. Mm-hmm. Hillary still operated her campaign like it, she was running for the popular vote right. when she didn't realize that's not what you do. Right. So she spent all of her time in Philadelphia instead of Allentown. Yep. And in, in L.A. instead of... Uh, you know, Orange County or in Dallas instead of Amarillo and in Miami instead of Lakeland. You know, it was a pretty typical way. And and her campaign stunk. That's how it all worked out. All right. Don't forget Doug Giles. Doug Giles is going to be on at 830. And he's got a brand new thing. He's got the man card. And you know what, Gia? The man card. Yeah. Even 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 uh, men. Even women can have the Doug Giles Warrior and Wild Man man card, I'm sure. It's made of metal. And so uh, for you to have a man card taken away from you, you have to admit, (laughs) you have to have committed a really bad crime. (laughs) To have that You have to drink out of a straw. Taken out of your And you get your man card taken away. Yeah, exactly. All right, Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. We are live from the Discovery Design Studio. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Got these guys helping me out with some uh, of our building materials. Speaking of CBS, we have. Uh, We've got more warnings of because you know normally September, October, around the eastern seaboard and that kind of thing, it becomes kind of wily when it comes to hurricanes and stuff like that. You go to? Don't you go to Carolina or something? Do you? South. Yeah. 
In June, though. Oh, okay. Not hurricane season. I used to go to New Orleans a lot, though, during hurricane season. Why? I worked. I would travel there for uh, business about every other week. Hmm. Monday through Wednesday. Is it a performance? Do you perform there? Uh, Compound Pharmaceuticals. Oh. Mm-hmm. A couple things I didn't know about New Orleans. I didn't know that that was a port of entry for a lot of immigrants. Like you always thought of Ellis mm-hmm. Island as being that. But it turns out that even some of my relatives on my dad's side came into this country through New Orleans. Hmm. I didn't know that that was one of the... Nor did I. ...ports of entry. Hmm. I know that I've done some cool ghost tours. Lisa would like that. In New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff down there. A lot of paranormal. Big deal down yeah. there. I bet she's been. Yeah. I would think. Maybe not. Really neat. Well, it's interesting because... Uh, because... In New Orleans, it adds the, the 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 mystery is kind of added to because everybody's buried above ground. Mm-hmm. So there aren't people who are buried in the ground. Everything is up on top of the ground. It's all on top. Which creates kind of a certain mm-hmm. added haunting benefit to any kind of attempt to make it into a haunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's neat. It's uh, and and it's because of the water table there, and so they basically, I think they I think they might have buried people into the ground a little while, and then it flooded, and they're like when the body started floating, floating they're going, um, we might need to bury people above the ground this time, because they tend to come floating up you're when having, we have floods. You're having your cafe du monde in a beignet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a guy that died like 10 years ago. <laughs> what is he doing? It's like a thriller video. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the uh, dead body swim meet. <laughs> but no, they... I noticed that when I was in Italy, too. In Because uh, through the Tuscany and where we are, there are a lot of... Uh, tends to be a, a, a lower... Uh, or a higher water table, I guess mm-hmm. you call it. And it, uh, it tend to kind of, uh, they, they had a problem, the same problem. So they, a lot of people are buried above ground there. I don't want to be buried at all. Be cremated? Yep. I do. It, I, I don't like the thought of the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. You know, the ants play pinnacle, and isn't that how that goes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I well, I don't know. Huh. Do they, do they, do they, uh... I don't like bugs, so why would I like them when I'm dead? Ugh. <laughs> do, do, but is there a, um... Is there a, uh, a situation where... Where you really... Is that a lot? Like, does the Catholic Church like people being cremated? Nope. Nope, it's not, uh, it's against our faith Yeah. to be put in the incinerator. I have my dad at home in an urn. Well, at least it's a family tradition. (laughs) 
It's really right? not. It's just him that's done it. But oh, it's kind of cool. I like having him around. I like having him on the mantle. Yeah, I guess the Catholic Church, the cremation thing, they just want you to. Uh, they, they they what do they want to just keep you around? Catholic Church, they like yeah. Don't go. Don't you go incinerating yourself. You come back here. Got to keep our numbers up. Yeah, you come back here. We're going to put you into the ground in a in a enclosed bed, otherwise known as a casket. And we're going to make you hang there for a little while. There's that place on Hanley Industrial Court, cas- caskets. Uh, Are us? It's kind of like that. And I think, oh wow, there's a whole like. I mean, you usually go to the funeral home and you pick out your casket. Yeah. There's an actual massive place that's that's interesting. Well, it's definitely an industry that will never die. You know what I mean? My mom's a hairdresser, and a lot of her clientele was, uh, you know, the elderly population. So I can't tell you from the age of seven how many times I've been in the basement of funeral parlors in the room where they're all laying on the steel bed. And my mom's doing, you know, the family would say, oh, no one did her hair like you, Madeline. Would you do her hair? So we'd end up, here I am. You know, my dad was a car salesman, so his hours were crazy. So I would go with my mom to Kudis. We'd be in the basement. I'm like, wow, all right, bunch of dead people laying here. And you know what my mom used to always say to me? Honey, it's just the shell. The soul goes on. Hmm. That's how she handled it. Isn't it crazy? So so would she, so she wasn't one of those things where like, uh, here, uh, here are some crayons. Here's a coloring book. You sit out here no. while I here's do the, the iPhone. Hair. Go play a Candy Crush. No, I stood there with her while she was doing this. So that's really kind of where you learned, really learned with Moxie <laughs> and how not to be uh, focused on, you know, activities and, and just be in the moment. In the moment. Oh, yeah. I think that might be, I think that might be the thing. That'll be when you, when you come out with your book, that'll be a great story to tell to all that's the interviewers cool. about, and, I mean, if it's, even if it's not true, I still would say that that was the basis on which you came up with the idea. That because, was the moment. Because in the old days, my mother never distracted us with crayons. When we were with, hanging out with dead bodies. She made us come in and watch her do the hair of dead people. <laughs> when we could have been coloring. It's, it's part of my story, right? I think it's great. I, yeah. Looking back on it, I'm like, you know, that's pretty cool. And the way that she handled it, I thought that was really a beautiful way to tell your child, you know, it's just the shell. Like, there's nothing to be afraid of. No one's going to, like, sit up out of nowhere. And the soul goes on. Well, it does give you a different perspective yeah. on death. Totally. Which uh, I think is uh, can be confusing for young people because uh, the, the idea that uh, people just go away forever is, uh, is, is disturbing to them. Absolutely. I mean, I remember when, when I was a little kid and, and thinking, it occurred to me, I, I, I was, and they were both in the kitchen, and it occurred to me that, that it was like, it's like someday they're gonna die, and it freaked me out. And I, I'll never mm-hmm. forget being like, you know, I was seven or eight or something, and I just started crying. I was like, you know, wow! It, it occurred to me that they were gonna someday they were not gonna be around, and that's just something I couldn't fathom. Yeah, I know. But I it was, gives you an interesting perspective, there, yeah. I guess. Yep. Have you ever been to uh, Bell Fountain Cemetery? No, but I know you have. That there's no cremation thing there. No. They they were like, you know, 
well, there there was. Which one's there bigger? That one or could... Cavalry? Uh, Calvary. Uh, Bell Fountain. It is bigger. Yeah. Okay. But you go there, and that's when people were like, "Okay, you might be dead, but we're going to build like a big marble house." And that's where we're going to put you. It's going to be above ground. It's going to be a mausoleum. mausoleum with our name on it. Or we're going to have a gigantic statue, a monument. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be like maybe even a visage of you. But just Bell Fountain Cemetery is beautiful. It's like the family compound. Yeah. I, I was there. Yeah, I was there recently. And just checking things out. And because I was on, I was going... Uh, on this project I'm working on, I wanted to go see what was up with this person, but uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty impressive. But you have, you know, you have the bushes and the lamps and, mm-hmm. you know, family names. All the family STL. names, all the famous St. Louisans are all buried there. And Where's Vincent Price buried? I don't know. Uh, I, I would imagine, I think maybe he's in Calvary. I don't know. You, you, uh, if you go to, uh, if you go to find a grave, Findagrave.com. You can find wherever anybody is. Findagrave.com. Can I just type in where is Vincent Price buried? Yeah, you can do that too. But you can just do Vincent Price find a grave. It'll take you right to it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Vincent Price find a grave. Find a grave. There's a person buried at Belfont Cemetery, and it's an interesting story. Actually, they have a little pamphlet of all the famous people. You can go through it. You can take a tour of it just on your own with your driving. Cremated, ashes scattered at sea. Oh, wow. Specifically over Point Doom in Southern California. Huh. I'd imagine if he had had a grave site, that would be one where I'd have a, like the speaker that constantly play. You know, something like that coming out of the speed. That's surprised people haven't done something like that. You know, record your voice. Yes. Oh my gosh, you may have come up with. Hi, something. everybody! Welcome. Like it's motion detectors. <laughs> Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning, <laughs> radio. Welcome to Radio Free Almond, you idiots! I'm gone. Why are you still here? Good morning this morning, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And be a motion detector one. Like you know how those how those uh, things you can buy at <sighs> Walgreens that you can stick on your door for all the. Frightened little kids on Halloween. It'd be great. All, and you have like five different ones. You know, record five different ones. Like you do a good morning this morning. Uh. <laughs> and then you do a good oh, morning. Bah! Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Yeah. Do one where uh, they walk by. Obama! Hey, you didn't build that? Somebody else made that happen. I didn't die. I'm just mad here. Blood is my voice. You just gave your million dollar idea away to everybody. Now someone's going to do it and make a fortune. Voice activated tombstones. Yes. I don't know why people haven't done that before. I mean, listen, if they can have the eternal flame at Kennedy's place. Yeah. And if they can have like the things where you have little pictures of people, you know. Uh, on there, yeah, I love I love those. I love it when they do the little oval pictures on those tombstones. They usually do it like in some of the s- smaller mm-hmm. cemeteries. Have you seen those before? Oval pictures, like on. I mean, I know I know Blake Snyder has his picture on his, but it's not like 
Yeah, but I, well, you know, there's, well, that was like, well, when you go to the Victorian era graves. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, and it's like these, and it's like these yes. little cute little, almost like look at pendants. Yeah, and they have the pictures of the people on there, or at least like mm -hmm. drawings of the people right. on there. That's kind of interesting too. But they have one where they have, they have the uh, the grave of uh, the prettiest woman in St. Louis, and she was a young woman. And back in the day, I guess it was maybe the late 1800s, and women, like, pale skin was in. Yeah. Would not have been my time. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, no one, uh, yeah, wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah, pale, pale skin was, uh, was in, and there were ways that some women made their skin pale. And they did it by taking little bits of arsenic. Really? Like you, you, you'd purposely take a little arsenic, and it would. I don't know. How, I don't know how arsenic. Oral, orally? Yes. Huh. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how they did it. I don't think they injected it. I think it was just like some like little. I think at the time it was. Uh, uh, I think it was like a little bit of a um, powder. No. Powder. Oh. Yeah. And they would they would do it, and they would do a, uh, and it would make your skin pale, and that would make you more beautiful when your skin was more pale. Mm -hmm. And because if you had darker skin, it was a sign you worked outside or you worked a lot. Because <laughs> people didn't necessarily there, there weren't a lot of people like in the eighteen hundreds uh, sunbathing. No. I love pale I skin. Why, I think women with really beautiful, pale, perfect, flawless, smooth skin. Yeah. For example, the woman in The Greatest Showman, the opera singer. Yes. I mean, my... Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Stunning. That dark red hair and that... I mean, yeah. Gorgeous. So I love well, what, pale skin. I just don't like it on me. There weren't a whole lot of people who uh, who, who did that. So, yeah. So you were... you were If you did have a... Uh, if you if you if you had darker skin, it meant you were kind of more of the working class type. So anyway, she would do uh, she would do her uh, skin whitening skin whitening with the arsenic, and arsenic is a is is not a water soluble element. It's a it's a it's a fat soluble element, and so. You can imagine then ultimately what happened when she overdid it. It's kind of like, you know, when people... When you take too much vitamin D? Yes. Or or when somebody <laughs> decides that, you know, my hair really looks like, okay, like the 70-year-old dude says, you know, I really like my hair dark like this. I think I'll make it darker. And it's now blue? Yeah. <laughs> it has a bluish tint <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> So so they so that so so she wound up killing herself. She was, she poisoned herself oh. because she had she wanted that beautiful skin. She was uh, her vanity got See? the best of her. It's like it's the same thing with the skin cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, but you know, see, back in the old days, though, like my my dad, they they they, they used sun lamps. Oh yeah. Like they would lay on the, my dad. A, a lamp. It yeah, looks kind of like this, actually. Yeah. 
Right. My dad had a sun lamp that would be that would be basically either you could attach it to your bed mm-hmm. board or whatever, and it would have a it was a lamp. <laughs> this could not have been good for his skin, but any more than the sun, I guess, would be. But 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 and he had a uh, he had a um, these bug eyes, you know, those little uh, round like bug eye glasses. Yeah, you know. Um, that would cover your eyes, right? And he'd sit there on that bed for twenty minutes. I don't know. I don't remember how long it was. And mm-hmm. he'd have that lamp burning on his face, get some good. color in his face. Mm-hmm. Although you still had those things around your eyes. <laughs> I think President Trump does a little bit of that. He has. He tends to. I think he he takes. Uh, he likes to have. I think that's where he. But he I, wears the sunglasses eyes. a lot. Yeah, and then you have the Boehner. Uh, Boehner doesn't have any though. No. He's tan eyelids. Yeah. I'm going to make the color of my teeth the color of this wine I'm drinking. <laughs> That's what I remember from, from John Boehner. But yeah, so so then, the, then remember the time when people used to, there used to be people who would go out and they would have the... Uh, foil. Foil things. Why don't people do that anymore? You still do that? Not anymore, but I did. What does it do? It reflects. The sun reflects. You get more, like you know, it's, you're laying on it. You're surrounded by it, so it gets your sides, and it, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I always get... saw people who would just sit there and hold this thing. Oh like yeah, this. like this too, and that's to get more reflection on your, to get it more on your face. I see. Yeah. Wow, boy, the things we uh... iodine and and foil. <laughs> yeah, the iodine thing is. Uh... Baby oil, iodine. Mm. Did you uh, did you miss? The, oh, by the way, people want to know who this is. This uh, is Postal Service. I like this, I already played this song already, so I love the Postal I Service. Do too. I've never seen them perform. I haven't either. I don't even. I, I think is Ben Fold. Hey, Matt, is Ben Folds with Postal Service? I, I keep on getting these guys mixed up. I think he. I think. I think he is. Ben Hib. Oh, Hibber, right. Yeah. Hibbert or. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Glenn, there's a Glenn, girl, Jenny. Glenn Hubbard. Glenn Hibbard. Ben. Isn't it ben. Gibbard. Hi- <laughs> no, I think it is. Gibbard. I don't know. Yeah, so anyway, uh, did you, you miss the, miss the MTV, the uh, VMAs? I always get the award ceremonies mixed up. Uh, you know, Kevin Hart. Yes. I read the story. And Tiffany Haddish, they kicked off the 2018 MTV Video Music Awards. Do people still watch MTV? I don't. I mean, I, I don't, you know, because uh, I know that, you know, Aiden, he's 13. He's not watching no. MTV. Mm-mm. He doesn't even watch TV. Right. They, they, everything they watch is on their phones. That's 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 pretty much all they do. But anyway, this is uh, Kevin Hart and Tiffany wowing us with their magic here at the uh, VMA Awards. And I'm an the only problem, welcome to Maple Grove. The so only problem with with these videos, I like this is at Mediate. I like the ones that are that that have the guns ads in front of them. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, 
Tiffany went there. Oh, oh God, that just happened. See, you never know what's going to happen at the VMAs. I mean, beefs pop off, bad language, people run to the bathroom and send out crazy tweets. It's basically like your typical day at the White House. In your face, Trump, suck it! You know, what's interesting is, to a certain degree, if you look at the reaction of the audience to In Your Face, Trump, suck it, not everybody was really very comfortable with the, with with that. Not everybody was like digging that, and and I think because to a certain degree now, the kind of gratuitous swipes at President Trump, I don't think necessarily are sticking to the level they had before because I think people are finally trying to see, or finally seeing some results when it comes to the economy, when it comes to jobs when it comes to general comfort and they're starting to realize that okay um are you you're still talk, calling trump a racist you're still calling him a misogynist you're still doing this still doing that because those of us out here and the people buying my albums seem to be pretty happy now i'm not quite sure whether i i'm reading that right i mean there obviously are the people out there who think that that's the thing now but I didn't detect a whole lot of love for the Trump suck it line from Kevin Hart. Is he a singer? He's a comedian. Okay, so I have a question for you. Explain to me, and I realize Trump is our president, but explain to me the difference between the Mormon joke in their undergarments and this and the sensitivity over that. And this situation and the sensitivity about telling Trump to suck it. Explain to me the difference um, from your perspective. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I mean, did, you, did that offend you? Did that Kevin Hart statement no. offend you? Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not offended by any of that. I mean, I, I you know, obviously people have a people are going to have a reaction to it and uh and but but I would never want Kevin Hart for instance to be prevented from saying that right I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't ever you know but, but see the, the 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 great thing about being conservatives and being for freedom is that presumably we're for freedom for everybody right uh, and so it doesn't matter. So, like, for instance, when uh, Snoop Dogg uh, said, and this is all before, by the way, all my stuff happened, by the way. So when Snoop Dogg had his uh, album cover and it was President Trump on it with a toe tag, I was like, OK, it's Snoop Dogg. Uh, and 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 usually the only people listening to Snoop Dogg are 13 year old white kids in West County anyway. Mm -hmm. And they just assume it's just Snoop being Snoop, and there you go. Right. I, I mean, to tell you the truth, and even when Kathy, Kathy Griffin showed the cut-off head of President Trump, I mean, I didn't like it, but I wasn't. I would never have wanted to see what happened to her happen. I mean, obviously, the market speaks for itself, and, but I would never have wanted to prevent her from doing that. Right. Like I wouldn't I like I, I, I would I'm all for her doing it. But if she if she wants to go ahead and, and take in the consequences of it. And, and I also think that even when she, I was I was the one of the only conservatives on the air. 
who defended that goofball Maria Chappelle Nadal when she talked about the assassination of Trump or whatever on her tw- on her Facebook page or something, made some kind of comment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, and everybody's wanting her to be forcing her to resign and quit and censured and everything else. And at the time, and again, this is before I was run out of town on a rail, right? And I'm like, well, I don't think she really meant that I didn't really think she was threatening to kill President Trump. I mean, right. I didn't, you know, I made a pretty big deal about that. And part of the reason why I was defending these people is because, uh, well, I would like to be able to say what I want to say. And I don't want anybody coming after me for something I said. The only problem, the only thing that makes us, that, that, that drives us crazy is when, there's just hypocrisy. So the left Double doesn't standard. afford conservatives that kind of freedom. freedom. Agree. Right. Just making sure that I figured that yeah. you, when I asked you that, I figured that you were going to say what you said. Yeah. I mean, because the left is 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 the one that is unbelievably intolerant. I mean, they, they are the ones who uh, and not only will they are they intolerant, they will also lie and misrepresent what you said. But so they're they're the ones who are offended. I mean, imagine, you know, us, you know, when Kevin Hart says Trump suck it, it's like ho-hum. But boy, President, but but if President Trump tweeted to Kevin Hart, hey, dude, you can suck it. They'd be like, you're a racist. You're picking on a poor little black dude. That's what they would say. Absolutely. And, right. and so that's the only problem is if, if Trump is able to, I wouldn't want him to do that because you don't need to get into the weeds with some guy whose career is on the way out anyway. Kevin Hart, but still you, you know, do I want the president saying, yeah, you suck it too? No, but, but if he did imagine the wrath, I mean, just even daring to, 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 to refute something LeBron James says. Right. So if it weren't for kind of this sense of, uh, uh, hypocrisy and black privilege and everything else out there, um, it would be easier for me to defend these people. I defend them anyway. But here's the thing that you have to you folks have to be most worried about, though. And that is that the. Conservative establishment, the Republican establishment, look at what they're doing. As the likes of Alex Jones and other conservatives are knocked off the air and otherwise their messages are purposely minimized, Google Facebook, Twitter, what, who, is, who is speaking out on the matter? Nobody. And the reason for that is, is because the Republican establishment is more than happy to let the, the, the left wing uh, do the dirty work for them, and that is to shut you up. Because you, you, you guys know the crime you committed against the Republican establishment, right? You know the crime you committed against them, correct? That you, you, you elected Donald Trump. Right. Before that, remember, Republicans were more than happy to kind of just coexist with Democrats. And every time the election came around, you know, fundraise on abortion, tell you your gun rights are all threatened and raise money, but then if a Democrat gets elected, then so be it. What what will happen next? Well, they'll just fundraise against that person. 
or uh, they will sell books telling you that the end of the world is near because of Democrats and liberals and the left. And so they were more than happy to have that balance because it was a lot more comfortable when progress wasn't being made. Democrats and Republicans loved being in Washington just managing the money that the government has stolen from you. And they were more than happy just to kind of be up there and they do their fights and they're harumphing about the Democrats and Democrats are harumphing about the Republicans. And they existed like that for decades. So now you know why, though, for instance, when my ass was screwed by my company, how few people in the Republican establishment were there for me when that happened. How many? How many, how many came out and said, this is outrageous, this is crap, this shouldn't have happened, this is an effort to squash a conservative voice? Because, uh, no, well, no one. Right. No, no one elected. Uh, no, no, no one in any elected position publicly defended me. Uh, Eric Greitens, who, who was busy himself, though, mm -hmm. um, privately expressed encouragement, but no one else publicly came out for me. Roy, Roy Blunt won't even return my phone call, and I helped his ass get elected. So, I mean, so these guys are, and, and, the, and, the, and the issue is, that they know that because because the other people in the conservative media, uh, the so-called Republican conservative media, they're all establishment people. They're they're not they didn't like Trump from the beginning. Most of the people at I mean, you know, I was the only one at 97 one who even who we who, who gave Trump a chance anyway. I mean, that, and that's just the truth. Everybody else was just uh, hell. My own bosses were, you know, everybody else was. uh writing Trump off. So so where do you think all those people were? Uh, and, and, and even with, with Greitens and other things, I was a very independent conservative voice over there and in, in conservative media. And so I'm sorry to say a lot of these people were more than happy to have me off and away. And certainly the other broadcasters who were in conservative media were more than happy to have me off because I put pressure on them because I, I, I held up a, a mirror to what they were doing and, and showed that they were really just a bunch of establishment tools in the in the Republican media. So that's why you didn't have anybody come to my defense. There wasn't I, I'm trying to think I mean, and with the exception of the people who remained on my show. People like Jim right. Talent and all the people who remain on the show. But for the most part, there was no one who came to my defense. In part, some of them were scared uh, in the broadcasting realm, but others were just um, were just kind of uh, more than happy to get to have me out of there. And believe me, that's why you don't have Republican leadership right now in the political realm defending free speech, defending people even like Alex Jones, who's a kook, but uh, in, in, for a lot of reasons, but, but they don't like him 
messing around. He's a big Trump supporter. They don't like they don't like people like that around. They're going to they're going to take it hell or high water. I, I did, did, and they're going to they're going to they're going to try to wrestle their normalcy back from us. They hate you. They the, the Republican establishment hates your guts. The never Trumpers hate you. And 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 they will get their party back. They'll get their comfort back one way or the other. Look what happened when I'm sorry, dear. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, look what happened when the picture showed up on Twitter uh, and others from the Missouri from the state fair. And the and the and the G, Missouri GOP tent at the state fair. That that had not one image sign anything featuring Donald Trump, not one. I, I noticed one picture. Uh, I think it was put out by the um, America First Missouri guys that had Blunt, who's not even running. Blunt was like at the at the front, like the, his sign was right there at the front of the table. Mm-hmm. And 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 he's not even running. And then what happened is you had people complaining about it, and lo and behold, and you guys—I don't know whether you guys saw the string there. Did you see it on Facebook? I think it was on Facebook, right? Heather Coyle, you know what I'm talking about. But they—you had all the—you had all the usual suspects in the Missouri Republican Party going out there and going on Facebook, going, "Well, typically, a candidate will give signs to people uh, if they're to, to put, and we'll put the signs up once they give them to us." And like, all right. President Trump is the head of the Republican Party. He's the elected president of the United States. Elected, by the way, in Missouri by 19%. So, so for you not to have some kind of image of him, reflection of him, some kind of representation, representation of President Trump is only because you, you, because you just don't want to acknowledge it. Because Trump and Trump supporters embarrassed you guys. We exposed you for the lazy, hapless tools that you are, and, and they can't stand that. And, and so, you know, that's, that, that's what you're getting. You're getting people who, aren't, who are trying to wrestle that, that whole thing back. So all you have to do to, to know what's going on is pay attention to how the Republican leadership and conservatives are, are – are defending conservatives when they're attacked by the by the new by the, by the news media and by Google and everybody else. They're nowhere to be found. And, and and again, do I think Google and Facebook and Twitter can do anything they want to? Yeah, it's their company. Like I, I don't have I don't have the right to be on Facebook. And I don't have the right to be on Twitter. If Twitter doesn't like me and Facebook doesn't like me, then Fair enough. Uh, you, they have the right to kick me off or tell me I can't do this or can't do that, uh, and, and that's fine. It's their it's their playground, and I'm more than happy to give them the right to do whatever they want in that realm. But there's also a level of pressure too on you know, like for instance, uh, it, it, with the post dispatch or something. 
you know, if, if the Post-Dispatches refused to print any letters to the editor, there would be people saying, hey, you should do this because you because you'd think that in the interest of openness that and, but that somebody would chime in. Right. So, yeah. The, the, Is it 830? The Republican establishment will more than happy to not yet. Okay. The Republican okay. establishment will more than happy to uh, watch you all die and get eaten alive. Uh, by the, the the Twitter hounds, mm-hmm. uh, the, the people out there, they'll be more than happy to, to watch it. And, and and but ultimately, what will happen is the facts, though, and and the outcome, you can't deny it. And so, you can't. You can keep telling us how uh, Trump is terrible and how much of a racist he is and how you don't want him tweeting. And you don't want them doing this and that. But look at the results. And ultimately, you're you're not going to matter any more than you mattered in 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 2016 because we we took care of business. Does his tweeting bother you? No, it doesn't bother me either. It really bothers some people, people that love him, people that voted for him, people that it really oh, bothers them. But most of those people, most of those people are only regurgitating what other people, people they hear say like like for a while there it was kind of uh it was kind of fashionable to be kind of like i really like him but you know i wish he'd stop put the phone down right i mean how many times did you hear that on all the on time. 97.1 from these people just put the phone down for once put your phone down put your phone down it's like no um i'm more than happy to have the president tweeting whatever i mean do i th- think he should he needs to bother with uh with uh lebron james no i don't think he really needs to give them dignity but i don't care whether he right i don't care whether he uh tweets or not i mean it doesn't bother me at all and in fact it's he's doing he's doing nothing differently than what fdr did and that is the fireside chats and fdr went completely around the media and went directly to the people and the media and other politicians hate it when president trump tweets because they're not able to control the message they're not right. able to uh, you know it used to be like back in the day republicans and democrats or whatever they'd have a meeting at the white house and then we we watch this insufferable march to the microphones uh, on the in the driveway there and they'd all stand there and give you their impression. <laughs> Watching Undertaker, Mitch McConnell, and 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 red wine teeth stained Boehner tell us, you know, what what they thought. And now, President Trump just tweets out what happened at the meeting, or for that matter, he'll invite the cameras in on the meeting. Right. Yeah. So you can see the meeting in all of its glory. Here we are. And 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 so so gone is the is the driveway microphone bank march that, that we watched for 30 years. These guys going down there and standing for the, telling us what they wanted us to hear about the meeting. Now we see the meeting. Or now President Trump can tweet his opinion about the meeting, and he, and he can do whatever he wants. That's what I like about it. By the way, thanks to uh, Tammy and, and Mike Scott. This was great. Have you been out to Newtown before? Yes. Newtown, you like it? Not so much. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I, well, let me ask you this, though. I mean, listen, no, I understand completely. Um, I understand completely what the uh, 
the situation is with Newtown. Some people are a little spooked by the by the by the kind of uh, little small towny. I don't know what would you call it. You know what do you call it? Stepford Wivey, whatever. Yeah, but I have. But believe me, sometimes in times of stress, to go there and you're looking at it, you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. Yeah. You know, if you're one of those people who leaves your driveway and automatically you're in traffic, it's like, <laughs> this is kind of nice, you know? you know? Or if you live in a place where all you hear are ambulance sirens and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Newtown's nice. And, yeah, J.P. Soto. Hey, J.P., what's going on, buddy? One of the best producers in in radio, J.P. was. What are you doing now, buddy? J.P. Soto was uh, was one of the best radio producers. Hey, buddy, listen. Once I get Radio Free Almond up and running, you and I need to have a conversation. But J.P. Soto was great at what he said. He's, yeah, he can f- confirm the 97-1 guys were never Trumpers during the election. Yeah, they of course they were. Of course they were. All right, so anyway, I was out at Newtown because I was visiting uh, Tammy and, and Mike Scott. They own a place called Rhythm, which is a music and performing arts studio out there. It's amazing. It, it's, it's a place where you can take violin lessons, guitar lessons, piano lessons, dance lessons. They have a separate area for special needs kids. Wow. Separate studios. They have a stage where they teach you, you know, musical stage performance. If you're into that, you know, if you want to be a guitarist or drummer or whatever. And um, they started this in 2012 out there. And I went out there just to check it out and also to see Tammy and Mike. Tammy is in a new business now. She's um, wanted to touch base about Italy. Uh, and, and, and Newtown itself might do some advertising on the show because I like I talked to some folks there. Newtown is a still a growing place. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty cool. I, I I was there when Greg Whitaker was building it up, and so Tammy's into a new business now. She's doing like uh, doing uh, becoming a a travel agent of sorts. So she's so into Italy, and she and I just geeked out over Italy, and gave her pictures and stuff like that. And and uh, she's now going to do tours. If that's as if having this company. Rhythm. If you go, if you go to rhythmmusicstudio.com, you can you can find them there and rhythmstudio.com. In fact, uh, one of their guys is going to come to the house and 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 help uh, Aiden do some guitar lessons. Cool. But you know what? On top of that, so Mike is a great guy, businessman, has a business downtown as well. And uh, I'm going to call up Doug here on my uh, computer, but. They, and and on top of all that, so you got Tammy, who is an entrepreneur, does the rhythm thing, and, and also it is going to do travel agency work for Italy, where she's going to put together tours for people. She's also a flight nurse. Wow. Now, this is after being an emergency nurse, emergency room nurse. This is after being a nurse in the pediatric ER and now she's a flight nurse where they do these 48 hour stints where they're up 
all the time, and all they're doing is flying around, picking up trauma patients and getting them to uh, Mercy wow. Hospital. But I've always said you can take a, you could get a room of people, twenty people, and if five of them were nurses, I could pick out each. Every single one really? of the nurses. Absolutely. Because nurses are a different breed. I mean, they are, like, amazing because their they're, they're, they're inner strength is, like, because what they have to deal with all the time. People forget that nurses are, like, one of the toughest first responders you're going to find anywhere in the land. Mm-hmm. But then to be a flight nurse, I'm talking about, like, riding oh, around in a helicopter. Hard, dangerous and everything else. She, she said, well, I'm gonna, I waited till the kids were older. To be a flight nurse because it's so dangerous. Yeah. But she still wanted to do it and still wanted to. So uh, thank you, uh, Tammy. You guys are great. Uh, uh, Tammy Scott and Mike Scott, great people. And hopefully I'll have them on the show. And I'd love to. I could talk to her all day about being a flight nurse. Get Doug here. Oops, I'm going to find him. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, can you, I mean, these people, people who do this kind of tell stuff. Him to, tell them to go to the Santino's happy hour. I will. So we can meet them. I will. Uh, let me see. Uh, Does it go from hot to cold in here? Or am I just... Well, it is kind of... It is cold in here. Um, yeah, sometimes... Hold on a second here. There he is. This is about a blow-up doll, you know? Do you know this song? Sally. Mm-hmm. And when I'm feeling naughty, I blow her up with air. She's cuddly and she's... This is one of those things where, the, you know, the police, you know, Sting was the best one there. Stuart Copeland was okay. Andy Summers was okay. But on every album, they had to give, like, one... They had to throw one bone to these guys, you know, one of the other guys. Mm-hmm. So you got a song like this. Although it was a great song, but then you had to have that little talky business there. Could do without that. It's a good song, though, when they're playing music. When Sting finally starts to sing. What's up, wild man? Chilling, man. Buddy. Knocking back, uh, knocking back my first cup of coffee. Nice. Bring, uh, kicked Cal- in the gear. What's shaking? So much to catch up on because I, I do want to definitely catch up on. And by the way, G is here. She says hello. She's right here, right here. Can hey, Dad. What's shaking? Yeah, say hi. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, he can, he, he can hear you. Oh. Hi, You're Dad. on a microphone. <laughs> Anyway, so we've got the. Uh, I, I just saw that you have the uh, Warriors and Wildman dot com man card. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. Uh, and we've been we've been moving these things uh, like crazy. And uh, we have <clears throat> when we do our public speaking engagements, uh, Rich and I, my co-host, Warriors and Wildman, um, we we offer them for people who want to support. Because Warriors and Wildmen is a ministry uh, for for dudes, and what's funny though, uh, half the people that rock up there are women, uh, which I, <laughs> I find uh, uh, very interesting. But anyway, when we do our, our public speaking engagements, we talk about the man card. We say, listen, for a hundred bucks, uh, we're about to launch our premium site. Uh, you can have one of these, and you get full access to all of our content. And man, uh, we did it, I think, two or three weeks ago, and unbelievable response, Jamie. I don't want to brag about uh, how much money came in, 
but the guys are digging it. It's made out of steel. And um, uh, we're starting a hashtag campaign called Scar the Card. So it's not just a little man card, you know, kind of gimmick. It's actually something that you can look at uh, and look at all the scars that, that you've uh, hammered onto this thing for doing something positive for freedom, family, faith, and the flag. That what we hope for is that at the end of the year, instead of you feeling like a no good piece of crap, you know, oh, I never do anything important, I never do anything good, you can actually pull that thing out of, uh, out of your pocket and, and look how it's been demolished for doing uh, stuff for God, stuff for country, speaking the truth instead of curling up in the fetal position, wetting your big diaper when you're opposed, uh, loving on your wife, loving on your kids, uh, opening the door for, uh, you know, an old lady, just whatever, putting down a stupid thought that's in your head that's been rattling around in that worrying tin brain for like the last 40 years instead of believing that kind of garbage, that kind of negativity, you put that thought down, you set your compass true north. And if you do that, instead of uh, forgetting about it, pull the, pull the card out and scar it with a chisel. Uh, you, ought to see, you ought to see mine, man. I tell you, I'll hit that thing for any reason, uh, again, because it's just a testament. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a signpost that, you know, I'm not a piece of crap. I'm living, uh, I'm living right, and uh, here's proof. I just beat the crap out of my card. Dude, it's awesome, too. I love, I like the Warriors and Wildman logo. It's, it is a, uh, you know, you have the skull and crossbones, right? But this is a, uh, I'll put a link to it up there. Or you, if you guys just go to Doug Giles' Facebook page, you, you'll check it out. Douglas Giles on Facebook. But is, is the, uh, it's got the skull and crossbones, but the, it's got the skull, and then the eyes have two W's in it. And then the crossbones are actually two awesome old-school microphones. And then on the each side of the skull are the radio waves, and the skull's wearing a head, headphones. Dude, that's, the, that's an epic logo. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out how, you know, we can uh, stamp Warriors and Wild Men from an iconic standpoint on people's yeah. psyche and stuff. I was like, you know, I'm an artist, and um, one, of the, one of the things from art history that uh, has carried through time immemorial is the skull imagery. And I don't know if uh, your listeners are, are hip to art history, but that skull represents uh, uh, your mortality. And um, a lot of a lot of these men's sites, you know, it's like we're going to talk about sex, we're going to talk about physical fitness, we're going to talk about beer, we're going to talk about gadgets, we're going to put on flannel and grow long beards. <laughs> hey, that's great and everything, but you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to die. You're going to you're going to turn into that skull, and uh, you're going to face God, and you're going to have to give an account for your life. So with Warriors and Wild Men. We do talk about being providers, protectors, hunters, and heroes. But if you remove that from the context of uh, uh, God and Christ and, uh, and your fellow man, then you've completely lost what it means in my estimation of what it really means to be a dude uh, uh, created by God. So that skull represents uh, one of these days the worms are going to eat me, Jamie. They're going to eat you. And so we've got to live right now like it counts forever because it does you know what's interesting that you mentioned that about the skull and crossbones and it's uh, tie into art because i am in i'm actually on uh, looking through my phone and i was recently in italy 
And I was, and part of that was a visit to Pisa. And so aside from you have the Leaning Tower of Pisa and then you have the Basilica there, you have this really beautiful, crazy cemetery there where many of these uh, like opera singers and church leaders and, you know, uh, you know, famous community members are buried. And I did, I noticed on these ancient Grave, because so some of them are they're basically uh, buried into the. You're, you're walking over their crypts, basically, but 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 that but they're still labeled and they still have ornations and those kinds of things. And I noticed that there were a lot of skull and crossbones on these ancient uh, Ita- ancient Roman graves. You know, not uh, at the time it wasn't really Roman, but it was. But but still, mm-hmm. on these ancient graves, I noticed that everywhere. In these five, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred year old graves. I thought, so to your point about it being a mainstay of art. Now, normally you just so you you always thought it was like some modern incarnation, but I, I didn't know that. It's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Memento Mori, and um, it's <laughs> again, it's the reminder of you know you're going to take the the big uh, audio snooze. You're going to take the eternal. Uh, siesta, the dirt nap is coming, and a lot of people don't like to uh, think about that. But you know, you look at the the greats in the in the scripture and stuff. They were forces of nature on this planet, but they're like, listen, this is just a this is a stopover, man. This is temporary, and it goes by uh, like a like a vapor. You know, it's just boom, it's over. And the, and the mainstay is in the afterlife. And a lot of uh, people they put zero focus on uh <laughs> on their eternal destination and um so with warriors and wild men we're like okay man we're gonna talk about dude stuff <laughs> we're gonna do push-ups scratch our nutsack do whatever but you know it's always under the context that christ is our captain uh there is an end game you will give an account for your life and i still believe there's a hell and a lot of people don't i believe people go there and um, and uh, I believe a lot of people that think they're going to heaven are going to end up in Dante's Easy Bake. And um, however, I believe, you know, it's like, well, you know, I believe in God. It's like, listen, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, then guess what? They also said that there is uh, this abysmal place called Hades and that people actually go there. So you can't have one without the other. And uh, again, that that skull, that representation. You look at the pieces. Uh, you look at the art, the Pre-Raphaelites and the uh, the Renaissance and through the Enlightenment. They'd always have an artist, an author, a sculptor, uh, you know, somebody who who is enjoying the festivities of life and, and the Bacchanalian hedonistic excess. And then you look over there in the corner, and there's a skull on the table saying, listen, there's coming a, <laughs> a day of reckoning. Uh, so you go ahead and be capricious and do your little troubadour stuff. But, you know, one of these yeah. days you're going to go toe-to-toe at the Bema seat with Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So I think you want to have a Warriors and Wild Man class at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill <laughs> because maybe these – a-holes down there will learn something. I watched with with a certain level of humor at first of all, these people clearly many of them don't even go to the school. They're 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 what Chris Rock would say, uh called too old for the club. These guys are like a bunch of uh thirty 
year-old, pot-bellied, bearded hipsters who just finished their walnut shandy and decided they were going to pop over to the campus and pull down the Silent Sam Confederate statue there on the campus. There wasn't, like, one black person to be found except for maybe in uniform as a University of North Carolina or a Chapel Hill police officer trying to defend the monument. And these guys have decided this is going to be the sum total of their eradication of racism, and it's your typical white liberal guiltist response uh, in terms of trying to prove to people that, hey, we're doing something about racism when uh, they're going after a Confederate statue. Now, I do have to give them props, though, because they definitely have a future in tree removal because uh, they were uh, surgical in their toppling of this statue without it landing on them. Uh, but uh, which was I, I had a 50 50 bet going that one of them would get smashed, but it didn't happen. So we're seeing this on the campus. So this is how they're spending their back to school week uh, by watching a bunch of hoodlums tearing down Confederate statues. Yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, we're about to put it up on ClashDaily.com. Uh, an Antifa dude went after this uh, pro-American uh, counter-protester in Portland who's sporting an American flag. He gets surrounded by five of these mongrels. And, of course, they're all in their little black dicky outfit uh, <laughs> with uh, with helmets on and face masks. And this one guy's got a freaking bat. And I don't mean like a you know plastic bat. I mean a, a black back and he smacks that guy who's carrying the american flag right on the head and just drops him you know like a bag of dirt and um you know tucker's been on this uh a lot i know we've talked about it several times uh this stuff is um this stuff is out of control man and um you know they like to purport that you know uh, jamie's a fascist and doug's a fascist and anybody who wants freedom of speech and free freedom of expression uh, and challenges any of their uh, uh, tried and found wanting specious and feckless world views is somehow uh, akin to uh, a, a, a Nazi is, is pure bullcrap. Because if you look at the people who are truly intolerant of freedom of expression and freedom of speech, it's the left. And because their, their, their ideas, again, are so unscientific, so unreasonable, uh, where they've been tried uh, – the economies have completely collapsed. In Venezuela right now, you need a stack of cash about four feet high to buy six carrots. The only thing that they can resort to, man, is is violence. And that's what we're seeing uh, them doing, destruction of property. And, uh, you know, they think they're doing it, you know, for uh, against the man and the machine. Uh, but they have no idea that they are the machine and they are the oppressive man. And 1984 was written all about them. Well, look at how crazy it is that after all of this with the national anthem protests that ESPN formally surrendered <laughs> and and said that they would, and that's your top story of Clash Daily, uh, that they would just simply cut the anthem altogether from the Monday. That, that's that's the answer. That's that's the America we're in right now, where the grown up answer, the leadership, the people who control uh, our broadcasting entities and everything else are such pussies that they just say, okay, we just won't air the anthem. Will that make pig socks happy? Maybe not. 
Yeah, and you know what? It's uh, when when all this crap started going on with uh, Mr. Pig Sucks. I'm talking about one Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> uh, I started having a little bit of withdrawals, man. I wouldn't say I was a big you know NFL guy, but Dallas Cowboys grew up with. They're my team. I like watching it uh, after church on Sunday. You know, kind of half awake. You know, uh, half asleep. Got a beer in my lap, and you know, just watching the game a little bit. Maybe doze off during halftime. Now I don't give a shit, man. I could care less. What the NFL does, what ESPN does, <laughs> how they try to spray life all disinfectant on all of this anti-American, anti-anthem uh, sputum that these guys are uh, spewing at we the people. I don't care about them anymore. I watch college football if I if I need a football hit, and uh, I really it, it really doesn't. Uh, matter to me anymore and you know what I think uh, I think a lot of people are with me on that you're seeing ESPN constantly struggling in their numbers they're thinking about cutting uh, what uh, Monday Night Football in 2019 because it's just so bleak on the oh, horizon yeah and I hope Elon I hope Elon Musk or whoever the multi-gazillionaire uh, who is talking about an American Alliance uh, football league I hope he kicks it off and uh, they ought to uh, they ought to, you know, let the market correct itself. If we, if they want a football league that despises America and the freedoms uh, uh, that are represented under old glory, which happens to be the greatest experiment in self-governance ever to hit this planet, 97, 98% of the benevolence that goes on in this world stems from this country. If they want to whiz on that flag and have their little league, then have your little sucky league. We'll start another one. And I guarantee people flock over there in droves, man. But you know what? And, and here's the thing, and, and I hate to bring this back, but, I, but I'm seeing so much symmetry with uh, my situation back in April is that uh, this is the problem, and, and, and you brought it to our attention regarding the Facebook platform and the dangers of relying on uh, platforms run by the left, is that, it, like, for instance, with uh, Entercom, which owned my, owns my radio station, uh, these guys all go in, they own like 200, 300 radio stations across the country. And again, uh, that's their prerogative. Uh, the more capitalism, the better. I get it. I understand it. But keep in mind, there is a danger in what happens when these guys start to simply when, when you've got the chino pants wearing liberal East Coast guys running every show that we see is that there are a bunch of pussies. They will not stand up to the left wing because many of them are left wing. And so you get decisions like you got at ESPN. You get decisions like you got at Entercom to simply just uh, uh, surrender to a left wing tweet mob and a, and a state representative who wants me off the air. And so you, yeah. you, but we're seeing that all over the place. Yeah, and that's what I like about, uh, you know, what Trump tweeted out, I believe it's either uh, uh, last Saturday morning or Sunday morning, where he put uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, other social media, <laughs> quote-unquote, uh, big tech uh, uh, fascists on notice, telling them that they're going to have in this thing called the future, uh, this stuff called problems uh, <laughs> for, for their censorship. And, um, you know, Trump, anytime Trump gets on something, He's going to stay on it until he tackles it. And uh, I hope the market corrects itself. I hope, you know, I, I can't believe it hadn't come about yet, something uh, that is more libertarian 
to replace the likes of Twitter and Facebook. I know that there's you know a bunch of other social media platforms out there, but they, none of them are, have really caught on. Uh, so, but it, you know, again, I think I think it's um, I think the more that they do this, Jamie, can you again, can you imagine being a liberal and this is how uh, your leaders and because again, I guess I guess if you're deep down into you know the the fascist side of liberalism, but if you're say you're a liberal uh, that hails from the days of uh, liberalism that we grew up with, I would be embarrassed of this mitigation of speech. I would be embarrassed of. Uh, Calling for violence and confronting uh, Trump, uh, his cabinet, and their their extended families uh, via Maxine Waters. That this is the kind of uh, stuff that my party has devolved down into, to where I can't I can't handle speech that contradicts uh, my worldview. I can't I can't be in an, <laughs> in a in an engaged debate with somebody if they don't parrot my opinions. That's what your stupid, lame-ass party has devolved down into. I would be ashamed if you've got to silence somebody in order for you to have your little world. That ain't America, man. That, is, that has jack squat to do with our founders and framers and what they envision. And the only place that, again, that that kind of crap has gone over has been in totalitarian regimes. And I believe every one of those ended really badly. Yeah. Well, and the, and the one thing I'm concerned about, too, aside from, you know, when you just point out the other party, uh, our own party, uh, these people are not helping either, some of them. And, and I explained earlier that some of these guys seem to be more than happy to watch conservatives silenced and shuttered because uh, they still resent the fact that we actually, in 2016, came up with our first original alternative platform, and that was President Trump. And they, and they don't like it, and that's why they stand by and watch other conservatives get silenced and, and, and peed on by these conglomerates. And I don't see m- many of these Republican guys, except for maybe President Trump, coming out and forcefully saying, you know what, you guys are going to have hell to pay because, you know, we, we have voices, too. Well, again, uh, and, and you, you and your listeners, I'm sure, know this uh, uh, quite well, that, you know, just because you got an R behind your name, call yourself a Republican and uh, got, a, got an eight and a half by 11 pick of Ronald Reagan at your office, uh, <laughs> that that means nothing when it comes to you know brass tacks, uh, boots on the ground, real world, uh, stumping for causes that are substantial. I was talking to this men's group uh, this past weekend, and and they're talking about you know what it means to be a man and all this other stuff. And I said, well, listen, you guys, when when crucial issues uh, are brought up, whether it's at the workplace or at the water cooler or at the family reunion or summer picnic. I was like, do you do you dig into them? Do you confront your crazy aunt uh, who's got a mustache, who who also uh, who, uh, who who loves uh, Fidel Castro and and also buys into his worldview? Do you confront nonsense everywhere, anytime, with whomever says it? If you're not standing up for the truth, if you're not standing against falsehood, lies, and what is uh, Tucker else says, uh, liberal pomposity. Uh, then as far as I'm concerned, you're not a dude. And I know I'm, I hail from Texas and I was raised, don't talk about God and politics. You know, it's not polite. Listen, we got to throw off the gloves of politeness and discuss these serious issues because 
the the liberal elites are running their mouths and suppressing our speech 24 7 365 and if and if uh if we don't add uh, our voices to that equation then it's a ginormous echo chamber and you're going to see a lot of people especially young people swept up into this nonsense because it's so emotive based and that's where our country is you know, I, I love it because if, if you just look at uh, if you're in the conservative realm, folks out there, ask yourself how many Republicans or how many conservatives you knew uh, said to you, oh, man, this Brennan thing was bad. You know why? Because one of my heroes, Admiral McRaven, just attacked. Did you hear what he said? I mean, I'm off the ship there because Admiral Craven's great without ever mentioning that oh but but did you hear what o'neill had to say about about you because they're because they're because they're all slobbering over mccraven's words and and, yeah that's fine you can go ahead and do that and say what you want about him but don't then ignore what the other bin laden killers were talking about uh, like o'neill who supported the president's move it's kind of crazy but but i didn't see any republicans uh, touting the words of O'Neill, I, I saw some of them touting the words of McRaven right. as they tried to protect their swamp beast Brennan. But uh, that's a great indication, great example. Yeah, and didn't uh, uh, correct if I'm wrong, um, but um, didn't Brennan when he part of the Communist Party? And how the hell does somebody votes for the Communist Party? What in back in the earlier mid seventies uh, become head of the CIA? Because I've been watching this uh, dude. Uh, uh, spew his schmegma over at MSNBC, and it <laughs> it doesn't seem like he's left uh, his 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 uh, his communist uh, affections because he's definitely not a, a friend of this president. He's definitely not a friend of making America great again. And yet he's the he uh, he's Obama's pick for the CIA, and he has security clearance. I, I'm glad it's done. And listen, it you know everybody's like you know it. Uh, conservatives like this is a bad move. It's a bad move for Trump. You know, he's he's keeping him away from his First Amendment rights. You don't have a First Amendment right to our top level secrets, especially if you are uh, if you're vocally, actively as a as somebody who's been out of the CIA uh, against our president. You don't get to get you know you don't get the inside poop anymore. Sorry, but that has uh, crap all to do with whether you're free to speak your mind. Speak your mind, Brennan. And I think Trump did him a favor by singling him out. If he wants to be the you know the the, the playmate of the month for the left, their little poster child that gets to parrot uh, George Soros's opinions, then this is his day, man. He could make a lot of money because Trump just uh, uh, pointed at him out as a nemesis. So I would say sh- quit bitching and uh, and carry on with your uh, your leftist rhetoric. It's probably the best time in your life to make a bunch of cash, Johnny. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if the 19 service members who died in the Cobar Towers bombing knew that uh, Brennan's background when he was the station chief uh, <laughs> for the CIA in charge of trying to pick up on. Uh, people who wound up killing these guys and wonder if they knew his background because people don't know enough about Brennan's background who, you know, everything the guy touched was a, was a disaster uh, for this country. So I don't know what the deal is there. But, dude, you were talking earlier about paintings. That Raquel Welch, what inspired you, by the way, to do the Raquel Welch painting? Well, Raquel Welch, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, what a what a what a gorgeous lady, Ben. So, Boy, I'd say. So uh, I have a client, um, uh, great lady. She's got this ginormous spread. Uh, I mean, just a beautiful ranch, man. And um, uh, I've done a lot of uh, uh, commissions for her inside her main house. So she's doing this saloon. And um, I mean, this thing is is not a small venue. I mean, this this is a proper badass saloon on her ranch. And I'm like, oh my god, man, you gotta let me uh, let me vision cast right now. It's like I see right now 17 to 20 paintings, all of them from uh, iconic scenes uh, from old western movies. Got half the chicks and uh, half guys. So we got, uh, of course, Raquel from uh, Hanny Calder. And uh, that epic poncho she's wearing and that six-shooter slung on her hip, and you don't even know she's got pants on. That's probably one of the, great, <laughs> probably one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen. So we're also doing uh, 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 Claudia Cardinal. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's gorgeous, man. Unbelievable. And just uh, uh, some of the westerns that she did, we're going to get an iconic image. Selma Hayek and uh, Penelope Cruz from Banditas. And um, uh, Sharon Stone from The Quick and the Dead. Then over on the guy side, uh, uh, Dirty Harry in an epic pose from the outlaw Josie Wales. Of course, you got to have Rooster Cogborn, uh, yeah. Don Wayne, and True Grit. Uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, Butch Cassidy, and Sundance Kids. And then we're uh, and then uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Val Kilmer as uh, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. And just these great kind of old. Uh, handling of the paint and the coloration and it's just going to make an insane gallery uh, around the saloon and stuff and they've got custom lighting coming in from this guy who outfits uh, uh, Apple conferences and rock concerts it's going to be something to behold man I'm telling you right now I, I can't I can't wait uh, <laughs> to see this thing fleshed out yeah it's going to be badass hey speaking of paintings um we just uh, we just launched Mr. and my painting Mr. and Mrs. Trump. Yeah, keep America great, and I've got them in the the uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith pose, uh, superimposed on a distressed American flag. Freaking going nuts right now, man! Just going absolutely nuts online. Yeah, it's really it's fantastic, dude. I love it, and and just doubling back real quickly on the on the Raquel Welsh thing and the Claudia Cardinal. See, I having grown up uh it, it seeing with my dad like every movie ever made in the 60s and early 70s and westerns and war movies were probably uh the number one on our list. At those when I was a kid, a little boy, the 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 women in these movies were the first time aside from maybe when um when I watched Batman and and, and uh, Catwoman, uh, th these were like a close second to all that as a kid. I'm being like, you know, that was my first foray into uh, kind of noticing something about beautiful women, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, with no, the I, tell, I tell people all the time, you know, when I was in the ministry and they're like, hey, man, I don't know if my son's gay or not. It's like, okay, here's a test. How old is he? He's 14, 15. It's like, all right, here's the test. You ready? Okay, turn on the TV, turn it on to, uh, what's a, that movie with Sophia Loren, Boy and a Dolphin, something like that. Yeah. You got a picture of her with that gauze see-through dress on as she rises from the GNC. Uh, if your son is not completely gobsmacked by that gorgeous woman's figure, and he's more focused on on the striped shirt sea captain that's <laughs> probably gay. 
<laughs> yeah, or yeah, right, exactly. Or or just run a run a uh, run Goldfinger by them just for a second and see how they how they how they act. Yeah, I mean, I th- th- that is so true. I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah, the Farrah Fawcett uh, poster in the red uh, bathing suit. That I, I'll never get that out of my mind <laughs> as long as I live, man. Yeah, I know. I know it's uh, it's crazy, but yeah, that painting with the the, the Trumps is just uh, fantastic, man. Love it. All right, well, yeah, no, we, yeah, appreciate it. If anybody wants it, uh, Doug Giles dot art. That's Doug Giles dot art. Oh. Okay, so that's your that's just kind of like uh, that's your art clearinghouse website, right? Yeah, it's my on, online gallery, and they can get. Uh, we've got four sizes available and four price ranges from twenty five bucks to eleven hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. All right. Good. I'll, I'll make sure we get that link up there on the Facebook page, and uh, yeah, keep. Uh, Keep the cards and letters coming. When you sent me a picture of your completed Raquel Welch thing, uh, without any prompting, I was like, "Dude, you get the mouth down," and you're like, "Yep, it's all about the mouth." You know it's weird, you, yeah. You know it's weird about Raquel. It's like I couldn't figure out, uh, you know, where I was missing it. You know, I got the I got the body proportions right, and I kept just staring at it. And it's like, man, her mouth's jacked, and I just. <laughs> And, and art, man, you, you gotta you gotta look. You gotta look real hard. Don't just execute. Don't just put something there that you think's there. Look at the shades. Look at the values. Look at the, the line edges. You know, from the top of her lip, bottom of her lip, and uh, how the lights affect. And, and then draw what you see. Don't draw what you think you see. And uh, when I did it, man, it just came together. And it's like, bam, I nailed it. Wow. Now, when uh, just quickly, because I, I know you got to go, but when, when did you uh, when did you first start painting? Like, when did you say, you know what, I'm going to start painting, drawing, or whatever it is? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it was uh, you know everybody's like, so, you know, who taught you to draw? It's like nobody, man. I saw a bird and I freaking sketched it. And uh, I've got drawings, Jamie, of when I was a little kid. I can't even write my damn name, but I could draw a mean chicken, and that explains <laughs> most of my life. <laughs> I do remember I did one time, you know, used to have those little ads in like highlights or some of the magazines I had. And you always that little, can you draw this uh, thing? And I do have to admit or something, right? Yeah. You know, I do have to admit one time I did submit that. I, don't, I never got a response or anything, but it was like, can you draw this? And I put it in. I don't know what they were. They were, they were up to something, but it wasn't getting me into art school. <laughs> but I don't know what was up with that, but. Yeah. yeah, I tell you, Mad Magazine, everybody's like, because I went to art school and stuff, but it sucked. It was always, you know, it's like, what, do you want to draw, you know, uh, Johnny? It's like, I don't want to draw. I want to crap on the paper and frame it. And that's what I call art. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no no serious handling of uh, the anatomy. Listen, if you can't draw the nude form, we spent three years doing nothing but drawing nudes in every conceivable shape, size, and pose. And people who think that, ooh, that sounds sexy, no, it wasn't, because <laughs> most of our models do not look like Raquel Welch. They look like Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. So you got to uh, – but Mad Magazine, Mort Drucker, yeah. greatest caricature artist ever, man. Yeah, that was – Mad Magazine was yeah. – man, that was fantastic. Is, uh, do they look – you, you, if you look at Mad, because uh, again, most of these guys are you know New York Jews, uh, liberal bent to them. Man, when uh, Obama started driving our nation into the ditch, they went after him, you know, with with uh, equal intensity. But more Drucker, his his caricatures. I mean, they're they're in a whole another realm of of greatness. Uh, they're 
there's so and if you understood the the, the limited amount of images because he didn't have an internet when they kicked this thing off in the early 60s yeah uh, to source to source images with so they would go get one or two eight by ten glossy headshots of uh, you know John Wayne or Sean Connery and that was it and then you had to flesh out you know like seven pages and 25 different uh, sketches and scenarios of them going through their satirical version of whatever uh, movie that they were destroying at that juncture. <laughs> and uh, the way that they pulled that off, that's pure talent, man. And uh, just like my favorite artist said, when you're around great art, uh, just say nothing and just uh, revere it. Yeah, they did. They had the one thing with Mad Magazine is, remember the one where you, if you fold, you folded the page and it became something else? I'll never forget how fascinated I was by by that, I know I'm kind of uh, destroying the whole vibe there, but I but I think it was like a folded page, and it, it was always on the last page or something, and you'd fold it, and it would become something completely different. I mean, those guys were pretty talented, pretty amazing. Yeah, no, and it's uh, it's it's a hell of a publication, and uh, if you think about like, again, without the the tech aspects, without all the gadgets and yeah. image sources that we have at our behest right now, that they did this. And and they cranked them out every month, and 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 how funny it was at the same time and creative, like you pointed out with that back cover, uh, uh, fold uh, the page yeah. type thing. It's 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 uh it's amazing. I don't see anything you know come close to it nowadays. Uh, no, so. I mean, uh, not not at all. All right, brother. Well, uh, thanks a lot for the time. Great talking to you as always. Right on. All right, you'll stay rowdy. You too, brother. ClashDaily.com, and you can find his art at, what is it, DougGiles.art? Yeah. He's got a link Doug up there on the page, art. but that guy's uh, got a lot going on. He's unbelievable. I <laughs> know. And you know what? You should get, you should get a man card. Well, I'm I, not saying I you're might. a man. I'm saying you should, you should but you, you are certainly uh, deserving of, uh, the, of the metal man I would card. agree. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's a fantastic idea. I love it. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I gotta get. I'm gonna get the when, when when we expand the the Radio Free Almond brand once we get our new studio and doing that kind of thing. I want to get the Warrior and the Wild Man podcast on as a regular show, and then I'm going to do uh, something for Clash Daily TV. But we're doing it by going on another platform, the Roku platform. Mm -hmm. But that's gonna that's gonna be in the offing too. So I have a lot of. Uh, Stuff I have to get together here. Roku's the only way to go. Yeah. Love it. Do you, you use it? Yep. We have no cable. Just Roku. No kidding. We have YouTube TV and Sling. No, do we have Sling still? We got rid of Hulu. You can do so much on YouTube TV through Roku. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Netflix, of course. Well, that's where Clash Daily TV is going to uh, the, the I'm going to put Radio Free Almond up on there. Sweet. Gotta get that all together too. Go down to somebody charged. I keep getting my phones blown up because Amex is freaking out over a, I'm dead. a charge at overstock.com that I didn't make. So, gotta deal with that. It's funny, if somebody's gonna like fraudulently charge something, why would you charge $31 at overstock.com? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just buy a. TV or something Both. with it. Right. I don't know. Not much of an act of fraud. You fraud people better get your act together. You're not impressing me. 
Gia Valenti, best of luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Had a big meeting today. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. Is this a big thing? Is this regarding Learn with Moxie? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. LearnWithMoxie.com. So, good. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. Excited. Nice. You better. Mm-hmm. All right. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you to Discovery Design. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Thank you, Dr. Deputy. DeputyWellness.com. Santino's Cigars and Cocktails right there in beautiful Arnold. Don't forget, we are scheduling the happy hour for the 27th of September. Mm-hmm. I put it in my calendar. Tentatively, it's just right there. Thank you to Mattress King, One Mattress King on Facebook. Chris Kahneman, thank you, buddy. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Best rates for young people, but best rates for you, for your car, your home, and your life. So make sure you check that out. And thank you to Golden Oak Lending. We're going to be kicking off a big campaign with them coming up in September as well. And more to come. My buddy Michael Proctor is coming back. Yeah. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Also talk to my friend Meredith from the St. Louis Area Food Bank. Also doing the celebrity waiter thing this Thursday. For, I don't know where it is though. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's usually like in Brio or something, right? I gotta find out where that yeah. is. I'm not sure. Is it, or was it? Yeah. I'll let you guys know. You can come out and support Radio Free Home and have me raise the most money as celebrity waiter. Show them what we're made for, made of, and made for. All right, Gia. Have a good one. Thank you, all. RadioFreeAlman.com.